participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No, Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, August 14, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. If I'm being honest, I'm not doing great in this precise moment. Why? Because one of my idiosyncrasies is that I like to have water bottles at my disposal, but for some reason, I don't like to actually drink from said water bottle, so I usually keep it... Uh, a little bit loose at the top. This is actually a massive pet peeve of my wife because she'll then take the water bottle and it will spill all over her and I'll just say like, can't you tell? Well, guess what? Literally 60 seconds ago, I took a little swig here and it was open. And so now the lower part of my region is completely wet right now. Shirt wet, pants wet, pretty much from like, like here can't see that all the way to almost my knees soaking wet at the moment could you believe that frank i can because i heard it <laughs> chair wet 
in a way it's refreshing because I like to keep the uh, studio very toasty but in another way it's not so refreshing in any event you know what's refreshing UFC 292 fight week is upon us my friends it's a fun one back in Boston two title fights Aljo versus Sean O'Malley both of them have been doing a fantastic job of selling the fight and how about this in a matter of seconds we're going to be joined from the airport by Aljamain Sterling very few fighters period let alone champions would do this it's incredible that he's doing this for us. He's about to board the plane as we are speaking to Boston in a matter of seconds. Let me tell you, back into the show, we're going to be joined by Eddie Hearn. Prior to that, Ian Machado-Gary, who's, of course, fighting on this card against Neil Magny, not Jeff Neal. Terrence McKinney had a big win this past weekend as well. We'll talk to him in the second hour. As always, we're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the UFC in this show. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code Hour. If you sign up for the first time, you get a nice little gift. And by now, you probably have. And of course, there's a lot to like this weekend as well. All right. Like I said, we're getting right into it today because this man is headlining UFC 292 at the Garden in Boston, defending his title literally three months after he did it here across the river in Newark, beating Henry Cejudo fair and square. They turn him around right away to fight Sean O'Malley. He's about to board the plane, but he's kind enough to join us from the airport. Let's say hello to the funk master, Aljamain Sterling. Hey, Aljo, what's up, man? It looks like you're in a studio. How is this possible? How do you look so good over there? What's going on? I'm in the uh, Centurion Lounge. Look at you, styling and profiling at the airport. I appreciate you doing this, my man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Well, by the way, what is it like? You know, you're not just going on a business trip. You're not just going on a vacation. You're about to board a plane to get into a fist fight as the champion to defend your title once again. Like, what, what, what is going on here as you're about to, you know, you leave your house, you're about to get on the plane, the, the duties start now. Can you take us inside your mind as you're about to make this short flight to, uh, to Boston? For me, it's just one more time into the fire. I got another tough opponent. And just uh, switching the gears to get ready for mental warfare, get ready for physical warfare. So um, I'm ready to go, man. This is uh, this is what my man asked for. <laughs> He's going to get every last bit of it. Nerves, anxiety, do, do those things come into the equation? Uh, I mean, I think a little bit to a certain extent. I mean, nerves about like the unknown, you know, it's always the unknown. No matter how much you prepare, whatever you can say, tell yourself, it's always the unknown. So, um, you know, you're doing something that's going to physically hurt, even if you're winning. So it just comes with the territory. Competition is competition. So this is what I like to do. I like the bright lights, and I can't wait to go out there and compete. So the last time we spoke to you was like a week after the Cejudo fight when you were in studio. And I remember, because it was crazy, the timing, you told us you got to get your, your body checked out. You'll see next week, preferably you fight in September. So the exact day, next day, like 24 hours later, they come out with this announcement that you're fighting in Boston. How did you feel when all this came out? Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a mix of emotions. There was definitely some... Uh, it wasn't the greatest feeling, and but you know, once I got to speak to everybody and we kind of all got on the same page, I think it it made more sense. And like I, the main thing I said from the very beginning was, if my body feels good, I'm gonna make the walk. I always do, and, and that's what it comes down to. It's not like you're just taking a vacation. You literally just got out of a fight like a couple of days ago. You got to make sure your body is 
up to up to par. Last thing we want is another TJ incident, you know. So I don't want people saying, "Oh, he came in with a pre-existing injury and none of this stuff." I want to make sure I can give the best version of Aljamain Sterling. So there's no easier path to victory for Sean. Were you able to take some time off? Yeah, I took a little bit of time off. I was working on my my brand, Funk Harbor. That's actually should be. We will, I think we got the clearance to start taking some pre-sales. Um, so I'm excited about that. Got some downtime to work on that. Got some downtime to work with Nerf Focus. And heal up. That's the most important thing. So got the shins. Everything's ready to go. Now I can smash them on another person's body and face and arms all over again. So that's, uh, that's like where the nerves come in. That's like the exciting part of knowing what that's going to feel like and not knowing what it might feel like depending on if it's a proper check. Things like that. So I, I, I'm ready to go out there and just have some fun, let it fly. And this is not a guy who's going to be looking to take me down. So I think you might have yourselves a good striking match as well. So it, it all depends. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean's the one coming out there looking to uh, to wrestle. And we're going to get into that in a moment. By the way, uh, you, you sent the studio some nerd focus. Thank you very much for that. Congrats on the rum coming out. We saw the photos. We posted some of them here as you're, as you're speaking as well. So congrats on that oh, coming nice. out as well. Uh, because I know you've been talking about this and wanting this to happen for a while. Uh, yeah, here it is, the Funk Harbor. Shout out, the Jamaican rum. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, could I ask, when they made the announcement, did you know the announcement was coming, or were you blindsided by it? Uh, well, it depends when. I guess there was, like, the actual release, and then there was the initial thing that Dana said. And I, I spoke to the guys behind the scenes and told them, like, dude, I have nothing wrong with him announcing the fight. I just would like the courtesy of some type of respect of at least having a conversation person. I think that's relatively reasonable for anyone to ask. It's like I, I saddle up. I fight every single time I'm asked to fight. I compete against the best guys. I beat the best guys. And I think what else could you want for in a champion? You know what I mean? I'm not going out there and I don't know. I'm, I'm doing my job. That's the best way to put it. I'm doing my job, and I'm doing it at the highest of the highest levels. Uh, one last question on this, because I, I know you want to move on from all of it, but I'm just curious, was was the question ever asked, like, why do I have to turn around so quickly? There are other champions who haven't fought for months. Why do I have to fight in August when I just went through 25 minutes with one of the best fighters of all time, Henry Cejudo? Why are you making me do this? Uh, we, we spoke about that as well. I definitely asked that question. <laughs> and uh, when they mapped it all out, this made the perfect sense for me in my career. And just the opportunity, you know, my second main event, I'm fighting a big name. He's got a bunch of Fortnite followers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't, I, I can't even not laugh at saying that. It's, uh, you know, this guy is beating the most top five guys in the world. He's the most credentialed opponent that I have to date. So I think going out there and making the quick turnaround against a guy like that, I mean, it does monumental things for my career. So I look forward to the test. And what bigger name can it be than Sugar Burger O'Malley? Where, where would you put him up? Like in terms of the guys you fought as of late, you fought a who's who at 135, obviously as champion. But even as you were coming up, you know, to get to the belt, where would you put Sean O'Malley in terms of what he brings to the table, in terms of the test that he presents to you? Do you put him at the top of that list? Or not quite? I think he's the best guy, man. I mean, honestly, look at his resume. He's Look at all the guys he's beaten. Like, all these guys are still in the UFC. 
Um, they're all on winning streaks. They're all doing phenomenal right now. So for him, I think this is the toughest test that I can have to date. So I, I'm I'm leaving no stones unturned for this one because Sean is uh <laughs> stop what you, you, he's better than <laughs> I not I wasn't sure if you were fucking with me or not. Henry Piotr Jan twice Corey Corey Sanhagen all these dudes you think he's better or are you messing with me no dude he's beat look how many top five guys he's beaten already he beat Cheeto he finished Cheeto he finished Pedro and uh he finished Jan I mean stop what do you do that's uh, a <laughs> hey I'm just repeating what the man said I'm just right. repeating what the man said so this is the toughest test to date um no, but all, all jokes aside, it's a, it's a tough test. The guy's got some serious skills. He's got a punch's chance. And uh, we're going to make sure that, you know, when they say nine out of ten times, I beat this person. So we're going to try to make sure that's ten out of ten on this weekend. But what about that one out of ten, if it truly is one out of ten? Because I do feel like I hear a lot of people say like, oh, okay, this will be one of Aljo's easier defenses. And I'm sure people are saying that and you're hearing that and it goes in your mind. But he's a really good fighter and a great striker and a very dangerous guy who can knock people out. How do you not let that make you too overconfident? Because we've seen crazy things. I mean, one of your coaches, right? Matt Serra, he was on the other side of that. He, he shocked the world against GSP. How do you not let that seep into your thinking and be like, oh, I, could, I don't need to go 10 out of 10 on this one. I, I, could, I could put my foot on the, the brake sometimes. You know, like you're not thinking that way going into a Henry Cejudo fight. You think that way against Sean O'Malley, things could go wrong. A hundred percent. This is why I don't do that. You know, I, uh, my learning lesson is Marlon Marais, never to overlook mm. an opponent. And, um, that's a constant reminder for myself. You know, sometimes I look at that just to remind myself like, Hey, make sure we're dialed in, make sure we're focused. And I know that, um, they're, they're banking on that, that, that same version can come out there and make that mistake and literally die face first into a, a shot. So, um, I do my homework. This is definitely a test that a lot of people have been saying I should walk through. But trust me, I, I know Sean is a good fighter. He's long, he's rangy. He's got good reflexes. I think he's probably the most dangerous in a sense of his skill set. But even though he hasn't accomplished much, his skill set is very, it's a dangerous skill set. You know, so I'll say that. I, I understand the, the dangers with this, but I do know one thing I think we can all agree. I take him down, that's that's a bad night. And that's a long night for Sean O'Malley. So he can say whatever he wants. He can tell himself as much as he wants about his grappling and how good it is, choking out, knocking over me. I'm like, okay, big whoop. I beat your grappling coach. ADCC world champion twice. You know, so I, I think we kind of know who strengths are where. And uh, I'm going to make no mistake about that when I go out there in the night and make sure I put it on him. Is, is, is this bet legit between you two? So whomever shoots first, what what is the bet? I think I said whoever shoots first um, pays a hundred bucks. So I, I do think when I pressure him, he might he might panic shoot. He might be the one panic shooting because he might be worried that I'm going to take him down, or this could be a little trickery. You yes. never know, Ariel. You never know. Because I mean, more than likely, you're the one that's going to shoot first, and that means you're going to have to pay him a hundred bucks. No. Well, if I body lock him, is that really a shot? Uh, <laughs> is, is that really a shot? I don't know. I don't know who's who's making yeah. these calls. Um, do you okay? How 
do you th- honestly do you think he, he doesn't try to take you down why would he try to take you down that's insane uh <laughs> maybe he has something to prove man maybe he wants to prove something to the world that he's better than whatever he thinks in his head and what the world thinks of him like he's a gamer man i, I still don't understand the facade with him and people's gravity gravitation to him is like it doesn't make any sense like I, I look at his social media i look at the stuff he says in his podcast he's always on his phone i'm like i don't even understand how people want that guy to be the champ you know but that's just my personal assessment of him um maybe they just like that he plays fortnite maybe i need to play fortnite and that makes me more popular with the with the younger kids um other than that i, I really don't get it and that's not me being facetious or anything like that he has no wit. There's nothing like Connor like about him, other than he has tattoos and he tatted his face like six nine, and uh, he dyed his hair like six nine. Other than that, what else is this? You know what I mean? Um, and that's not even trying to be a hater. I'm just calling it what I how I see it. People tend to say he's popular, and I just don't. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I'm sure you. you maybe you see something I don't. If you can. No, I mean, I, I, he has a fun style, he has a fun look, he connects to the younger audience. All these things matter in this day and age. And I think that with a lot of the fighters... His style, his style, his style is good. His style is very, style. you know, uh, dare I say funky. It's different, right? It's unorthodox. Yeah. And so many UFC fighters kind of look and act and fight the same these days with the uniform and all that. It's hard to stick out. It's hard, it's hard to be different. Like that's an issue. We, we all were paying attention to you because you had the chain, you had the hair, you were dancing, your style was different. I think that's what helped you gain some fans early on. So just being different is important. But you, you mentioned something uh, earlier there, and I, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Do you, who do you think the UFC brass wants to win this fight? <laughs> Listen, uh, I think it's a win-win for them, honestly, because this is a, this is one of those opportunities where the way I assess this is Connor and Khabib. You, Khabib doesn't explode the way that he did without Connor. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe in the caucus region, he's very popular. Okay, cool. But in the States, he doesn't become nowhere near as popular without a proper dance partner, Connor McGregor. Now, for me, I think this is a win-win for the UFC where I had that dance partner and the knockoff Conor McGregor was not as good. And uh, this is an opportunity for me to catapult myself off of everything that he kind of has. Man. I'm, I'm not here to take everything, Ariel. I'm taking everything this man has. Every last 15, 14-year-old Fortnite video game Twitch streamer that he has, I'm taking everything. So this is my moment. And obviously, if he wins, it's a way for him to validate everything he's done so far done so far for his career because everyone is always shitting on he's never fought anybody ranked he's never beat anybody he beat one guy by split decision and that fight honestly really could have gone either way it just depends on what you're looking at and um with that being said this is his chance to have a coming out party this changes everything for him me winning over him changes everything for me as well so i think it's a win-win for the ufc and that's why I appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to going out there and doing it with style points. Man. I, I'm not going out there to hug his back. Uh, I'm going out there to put punishment and pain on this guy and get this job done in a very, very, very big way. Do you think you're... after that, we might, I might give him a bottle of some fun car, but we'll, we'll see. Do you think your activity will be a factor in your favor? He hasn't fought since October of last year. And, you know, like I think of Garcia and, and, and Tank Davis, Tank took that fight in January, and I think him being more active 
going into that fight and Garcia being out for a while helped him to a degree. I, I tend to feel like the more active fighters, unless you're banged up, you know, are, are, you know, just kind of looking better out there as opposed to someone who's been out for almost a year at this point. Do you think about that sort of thing? I do, but Sean's got a smart camp. He's got a good team, man. They got some good things going over there in Arizona. So I, I don't want to knock the things that they're doing. I think they're going to come well prepared. Dominic Cruz also said it. Ring rust is kind of a thing in your head. You, you kind of, like, if you're going to be in an alleyway somewhere, you're going to fight, right? So it's like the same thing. You're going to fight. You know what's happening. You prepare the right way. You mentally get yourself ready to go. And I'm sure they've done enough sparring rounds and visualizations and things like that. And the one thing I visualize is just me whooping that ass and getting my hair ready. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, I, I think it's more beneficial for me. And uh, I can't wait to go out there and just stop a muffle. Is there a strong chance this is your last fight at 135? This is more likely my last fight at 135. Really? There's a 99% chance this is my last fight at 135. And I'm assuming even if you win, right? Well, that's if I win for sure. If I win win this for sure, Ariel, I'm out of here. Why? Why? Ah, It's Marab's time, man. It's Marab's time. And then at at the second... The second part of that is, you know, I, I'm a little bit over cutting weight, this much weight. You know, I walk around 65, 70. I think I could bulk, I don't say bulk up, but I think I could hold that frame relatively better. And I think my conditioning and everything could actually go up a little bit more. Back to when I was younger, where um, I was cutting less. I was still a big guy, but I was cutting less and I could do it in a week and cut 20, 25 pounds. Well, more like 20, 25, yeah, in between there. And I would comp- just compete like just an animal, energize a bunny for days. And now I kind of feel like I'm slowing down a little bit. And that comes with age, you know. So um, 34 now, I think I just want to get ahead of it before it gets ahead of me. Wow. So so all goes well on Saturday. You win. You worked so hard to be champion, to get everything that comes with being champion, the points, all that stuff. You're going to move up to 45 and give away that title. No, no, we ain't giving away the title. Okay. We're going for champ, champ. We're okay. going for champ, champ. But you Come know, on. you know, Come eventually on. they're gonna have to give the belt to someone else, right? Yeah, we'll we'll see what's happening with the weight class, and then kind of everything matters with this weekend. You got Cheeto fighting, you got Pugo fighting. Obviously, Sean, myself, Umar is out right now. Marab is recovering, um, pretty much ready to go soon. Um, Henry's out as well. Shane Higgins out as well. Like, all these guys, they're falling apart. And you've also fought most of them and beaten most of them, so there isn't a ton of incentive for you, right? Exactly. And the the only other person is uh, Marab, who's a maniac that trains with one hand. Right. After coming, (laughs) but after just getting surgery, this guy's still training with one hand, sparring and grappling. It's crazy. But uh, he's going to be the guy who's going to be leading that path. So we'll see what happens with everything and see how the weekend shakes out. Then we go from there. You know, I, I like to, I don't count the chickens in the, the birds in the bush. You know, I like to count the birds in the So that's, that's, that's my mentality. Okay. But 99% is a big number. I mean, that's, that, wow. Uh, that's how sure I'm going to stomp yeah. a muffle in this man's ass. Wow. And like on, on the, I know you said 165, you walk around, but like on this Monday, um, how, how much you weigh right now? Could you tell us? Uh, I woke up 52, worked out this morning before coming here, and I was uh, 49. Wow. So, in a really good spot. 
Tuesday, I normally wake up like 47, 48. So that's, I'm like, I'm right on, what does uh, Matt Fogol always say? We're right on schedule, baby. Trust the process. Okay. So, uh, and I'll let you go in a second. Uh, what, what is your, feel, like, you, you're, you're, you're going for style points. You feel a finish here. Do you feel an early finish? What are you envisioning? What are you, what are you sensing as, as Saturday draws closer? You know, winning is cool, but I, I want to I wanna make it fun. I do want to make it fun for the fan, and I do. I really hope to get a finish. I'm looking forward to going to finish. Fighting for 25 minutes is a long time. Uh, I think Sean and I could both agree that we both would like to get done sooner rather than later and figure it out and see who's really the dominant guy in there. Um, with that being said, you know, I would like to do it with style points. I would like to make it a fun fight, entertain the fans. And uh, I think even with the wrestling, you can entertain as long as you're doing it in a way where you're not just holding a position the entire time for like 30 seconds, a minute, just stalemate. And then the other guy not knowing how to actually get back up to his feet. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of drama in this one. And it's going to make for some back and forth. And I think people are going to be in for a good show. By the way, um, last thing, we, 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 we looked at pictures of you before you came on. And my get, I was talking to the guys in the back. I was saying that you have like 1% body fat because those pictures of you recently are absolutely insane. Do you actually know what percent body fat you have at the moment? No, I mean, I would imagine it's easily below five. It has to be. That's crazy. I, was, I, would, I would even argue maybe four. Yeah. But I mean, when it gets to like three is where it's considered like dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm going to say four just to be on the same side. Okay. The pictures of you, we're showing them now are insane. I feel like there's a point in the future, you and Sean are actually going to be friends one day. I don't know. There's something about your dynamic. You're DMing each other. You're, I, I feel like there's a friendship down the line between you guys after Saturday. After Saturday, you know, he, he's trying to take something from me that I worked extremely hard for and he had shortcuts to get here. And I think that's the difference. Um, you know, if it was someone a little bit more, credentials then it's like whatever but i, I think we have the teacher's pet that just kind of gets everything that they want brown nosing getting everything that they want and you know that could kind of rub you the wrong way but other than that i think we have similar morals and values and just stuff that we put into the sport i think he gives it his all i definitely give it my all but we had two different paths and um mine had a lot more resistance than his and i just want to show to the world that man Sometimes shortcuts don't always pay off. And uh, the blue-collar work ethic is what gets you to the top. And I, I want to show that cream rises to the top. Can't wait for it. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, Aljamain. Really appreciate it. Good luck this week. Good luck this weekend. All the best to you. And uh, have a nice flight. I can't believe you're in an airport right now. The the, the, the connection is fantastic. So much love, my man. Thank you. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> The Funk Master joining us from the airport on route to Boston, Massachusetts, site of UFC 292. A lot of interesting things there uh, that I want to talk about in a second with the guys. I'm really excited about this fight. This is a really fun fight, and the dynamic between them is going to make for a very fun week. And the way he lays it out, look, I had to take the, uh, the long route to get here. He's the teacher's pet. He's Dana White privilege, all that stuff. Um, that makes for a fun dynamic as well. This guy, Aljamain Sterling, has been in the UFC since 2014. We are approaching 10 years, February of 2014, since he's been in the UFC and has fought a who's who, has fought an absolute who's who. And the run as of late since the Marlon Moraes loss, Brett Johns, Cody Stamen, Jimmy Rivera, Pedro Munoz, Corey Sanhagen sub, 
Peter Yan DQ, Peter Yan Win, TJ Dillashaw, Henry Cejudo is a tremendous run. And so I can't wait to see how this all plays. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Is out. Still to come, Terrence McKinney, Ian Machado-Gary, who of course goes up against Neil Magny's short notice fight. I mean, I think last week they announced it. It was last week. I don't even remember when was when that whole thing went down with Jeff Neal, but I think it was around last week. Am I crazy? Mm. Oh, yeah, it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. And then Eddie Hearn, chairman of uh, Matchroom Boxing, going to stop by to talk about the big win by one Anthony Joshua on Saturday over Robert Hellenius. Also get his thoughts on the Nate Diaz fight because remember he was very certain that Diaz would get, you know, outclassed by Jake Paul, uh, Francis Ngannou, Deontay Wilder, and more. Guys, do you believe 99% this is Aljamain Sterling's last fight at 135? Yeah, I do. I I, I believe that. Wow. And he, he said it. Well, he said it, yeah. I mean, I know he's hundred percent if he wins. Yeah, the part that's that's tripping me up is the wanting to hold on to the belt. They're not going to let him, right? Go up. 
not only that, but like he's saying it's Marab's time, right? If it's Marab's time, then you are giving up the belt, right? You can't just hold the belt until Volkanovski finishes his business and then try to fight and be double champ. So I think, but I mean, the re- who's who's really left? Like a rematch with Sanhagen? Like what what's left for The other him? thing is Sanhagen is going to be out for a while. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised. It, it would make a lot of sense for him to move up. Um, but not the the part that changes the equation is not wanting to relinquish the belt. Here's 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 the list of guys under him. Marab, he's not fighting him. O'Malley yep. is two. By the way, I wonder what O'Malley was at when this fight was first announced. Like, what was I? I don't even know. If I, th- he, I think he was probably around there because of the, the strength of the Yan win. Okay, but no, what O'Malley you, was one after the Yan win, and then the Marab humbling uh, oh. of Yan. So, so, so he's. Too. I was actually wondering about that because he beat Yan in October of last year, and he became number one. He went all the way to one after that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, solid win. I just didn't know it was that big of a jump because I think he was like ten or something when he fought Yan, wasn't he? Yeah, something crazy. So he took a big I, jump. I want to say Yan was one when Got that it. fight, but it doesn't place. always work out that you take the guy's spot. Yeah, yeah, right. Of course, but I mean, it's Sean O'Malley, right? Cejudo's three, beat him. Sanhagen, four, beat him. Jan fought him twice, beat him. Marlon, if he wins, could be an option. But he's Is coming that, off. Yeah, I feel like it's unfortunate that he's that it's Munoz on short notice rather sure. than Cejudo. Like I feel but like I'm just saying, like, then there's Rob Font. He just lost. Song Yudong, Dominic Cruz. Like, Cheeto also was, feels like a big fight for Sean O'Malley, but not for Aljo. Like that doesn't feel like yeah. a must see. Honestly, if fight. if Aljo wins, love the idea of him moving up to 145, and then they rematch uh, O'Malley and and Cheeto if Cheeto wins. I would. It doesn't love that. necessarily have to be for the belt or anything, but like so, a yeah. rematch of them would be would be great. I, I would I would love that fight. That's the weight cut thing. He he talked about the weight cut thing. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be his last Here's the question, though. We all know that in order to do this move as champion going up to fight, like he doesn't want to go up to 145 to fight. That's that's what I was just going to say. Ilya Deporia. He Would wants he to fight, fight somebody Vol- else. Would he fight somebody no, else? No, he wants to fight. He's a champ champ. He wants to fight the champion. But that might not be an option, right? Let, let's say it well, works Okay, out why is the, it not going to be an option? Let's say it works out to the point where now Alexander Volkanovsky is chasing his own champ champ status right? right he's chasing his own fight against islam makachev islam's not fighting till october then we have to wait for the resolution of that then alexander volkanovsky potentially gets a shot maybe he fights Ilya, and maybe it's delayed even further if you're aljamain sterling are you just sitting on the sidelines and now is the ufc saying yes you can sit on the sidelines with this belt or are they saying we're going to take away the belt like there might be a world where he has to fight either another 35er or fight a 45er who's not alexander Alexander Volkanovsky just based on the timing. I mean, with this quick turnaround, there's a world where he wants a little bit of time off. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He deserves it. He shouldn't so fight maybe. for the rest of the year. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm maybe not even until like March or April of next year. Oh, yeah. I just mean like, like, could you imagine if they're like, yeah, okay, and now we need a main event for December. What's your availability? <laughs> yeah. If it's against I mean, Volk for, for Champ Champ, yeah, yeah, exactly. there's a world where he takes that. Exactly. There's a part of me that hates this talk before a title fight, especially on the Monday before, because it's a little bit disrespectful to the guy that he's fighting. But it does kind of add to the fight. It adds to the stakes, right? It makes it if if we know if he is being truthful. I don't think it's disrespectful because he's saying he's going to move no matter yeah. what. Like it, it, he's he's not saying I'm going to smoke hates. Sean O'Malley and then I'm and then I'm going up. He's saying, look, this is it. The weight cuts hard. 
It's Marab's time. I'm leaving. I think it's it's fine. It's not disrespectful. UFC hates when people vacate their titles. And I just don't think, given their relationship, if we're being honest, I just don't think that they're going to be okay with him doing what Volk just did in, in February. The, the, the champ champ opportunity happens to ones that they, for whatever reason, have a good relationship with. Volk, Amanda Nunes, Conor, Conor McGregor, Daniel Cormier, right? They're not giving it to the ones that, for whatever reason, they're not on the same page with. I've been thinking about this a lot. I think that Aljamain Sterling is in the position that Volkanovsky was in when he got the fight against Islam Makhachev. I think he's exactly in that same position from the perspective that Volkanovsky was not really like a bankable star for the UFC, right? He's so, he was somebody who was in in fights that were not like huge pay-per-view draws and wasn't viewed as like one of the top champions in the promotion. The Islam Makhachev fight, in my opinion, was, uh, and I should say, not from a skills or pound-for-pound perspective. I'm talking in terms of like star power, a lot of the reason that these kind of um, opportunities are made. But he cleared out his division. And just like Aljamain Sterling has, he cleared out of his division and got the opportunity. And I think that was the star-making performance. And I think Aljamain Sterling is right on the cusp of that himself. Like, I don't think the Sean o- if he if he goes out there and smokes Sean O'Malley, there will be a litany of excuses from a litany of people who will say, "Yeah, style matchup. Like he, he you know, Sean O'Malley can't stop a nosebleed. He took him down. He pounded him out. We kn- we all knew that was gonna happen. Everybody knew that was gonna happen, and nobody cares." So I don't think he will get credit for this win if, if he's able to do it impressively. But I do think if he gets the opportunity to fight somebody as good as Alexander Volkanovsky, and if he does even half as good a job as Alexander Volkanovsky did against Islam Makachev, it will turn the table in a big way, the same way I believe it did for Volk. I think that was the, the performance that got people to be more excited about Volk's fights. And I think it could happen the same way for Aljamain. So it might be a, a gamble that the UFC is willing to take, on the basis that they might come out of the other side with a bigger star, in my opinion. It's a it's a fair point that you make. There's only one thing that I feel like you're overlooking. Tell me. They don't have the same relationship with Aljo that they sure. do with Volk. It's fair. It's completely fair. Oh, man, you talk about qualifications. If he goes out there and he, and he like does finish Sean O'Malley, the resume that he has at 135, he also has the size to fight at 145, like it makes all the. I would love to see Aljo versus yeah, Volkanovski at 145. Amazing. I would yeah, love to amazing. see. I, that's a great fight. That's an amazing fight. By the way, I was looking this up. Like, I, I don't know if people know. Like, the two longest current active UFC champion streaks of title defenses are Alexander Volkanovski, Aljamain Sterling. It's crazy. That's it. Five and three. No, five for Volk, three for Aljamain Sterling. Like, I've you know, I'll beat the drum. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed to beat the drum. Like, Aljamain Sterling is the most underappreciated fighter on the roster, in my opinion. The resume that he has, GC just mentioned it. You add Sean O'Malley to that. He deserves more than he's gotten, especially the way this fight was announced. Oh, like, my God. Th- this was not befitting of, a, of somebody with his caliber of resume. And there will be excuses, right? The acting performance against Jan. Oh, uh, TJ God. was injured. There, there will always be excuses. And even as I said, I don't believe that this Sean O'Malley fight will solidify anything because people will find a way to discredit this. But if he can't go up to 45 and find success, and especially against a guy who everybody knows is as good as Alexander Volkanovsky, it will be a turning point, in my opinion. Do you know what's it, the crazy thing about the, the, the shots that people take? Uh, towards Aljamain Sterling, the 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 Pirani, the TJ, like none of it is his fault. No, you know it's not like he's a dirty fighter. It's not like he's eye poking people. It's not like he's 
you know, he's playing dirty. He's holding on to the fence. Like, he's just playing with the cards that he's dealt. He didn't ask to be blasted in the knee legally. He didn't ask TJ Dillshaw to sh- turn up, you know, with a with a bum shoulder. He's just going out there and doing what he needs to do. And, yes, it, uh, it does drive me crazy. I, I would feel, make an argument he's yeah. doing more than he needs to do, right? As you pointed out in the interview and as you pointed out at the time that Dana White was slandering him, um, about how he's not the guy and, you know, Cejudo's going to step in and take the opportunity. Now he's the one fighting, turning around right away and taking this opportunity to give Sean O'Malley, who the promotion is obviously uh, favorable toward, this opportunity and defend his title. Like, he's gone above and beyond, in my opinion. It's not just that he's just, like, sitting there racking up wins once every six months, fighting twice a year. The dude is doing everything that needs to be done to to build a legacy, and the resume speaks for itself. And, um, yeah, I don't think he gets a fair shake, personally. Yeah, I didn't ask him about this. I, there was a part of me that didn't want to harp on all of this because the guy's about to go on the plane. I don't want to put him in that negative headspace, but um, it was crazy. He was in studio on the Monday. Yeah. I remember the next day... I was in the airport going to Dublin for the Katie Taylor fight. That's when they made the announcement on the day of the Francis Ngannou announcement, right? That That's yep. when they like just flooded the timelines with <laughs> yep. all these all announcements. The and and then I remember like a week or so later, maybe even less. No, I think it was less where he said like, where Dana White said, guess who called me? Guess who's ready to go if yeah. Aljo can't go? Henry Cejudo. And then Cejudo gets injured, right? Like a month or so later. And then it's like, oh, the guy that you were using as the threat in case you don't show up, he's not even showing up on August 19th. And here you are, banged up, just fought 25 minutes against that same guy, and he still can't get any love. There's going to be... If it happens, I'll be super glad to be wrong. But I can't wait for the the media tour this week because you know he'll do a series of interviews... I want to see, does does Dana say what you just said, Nierkri? Because it could be very easy for him to say that. This guy fights anyone. This guy is the most underrated champion. This guy has the second longest active streak as far as champion defenses are concerned in the UFC right now. Blah, 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 blah. Instead, it's going to be like some guys just don't get it. And some guys, you know, they, they, they believe it's going to be nonsense like that. It's going to be no promotion. It's not going to be propping him up. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because he is very marketable. He is very easy to promote. And he does show up. It's annoying. When are we going to get some Funk Harbor? Nah. Are you a big rum guy? Nah, but if I'm drinking Funk Harbor, I am. <laughs> I don't even know what rum tastes like. I know rum raisin. You ever had rum in your life? Rum raisin? Uh, yeah, I mean, rum raisin is raisins soaked in rum, I think. Rum raisin. No, no, no. The ice cream flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Top three worst flavors of all time. Wow. So, so I think, wow. So you don't want the funk. I think we've gotten a clue as to whether you like rum or not. Nah. I mean, who wants rum in their ice cream? Get a little buzz, man, with your sweets. With nah. Your I don't want any buzz in my sweets. Funk Harbor rum raisin ice cream. You're not eating it? I, Cold Stone I'm... comes out with a special flavor. <laughs> little Imagine. Funk Master Cold Stone collab, and you're not eating it? Do you have to be 21 to get rum raisin? No, it's not actually alcoholic, that flavor. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. It's not real alcohol? No. It's fake alcohol. Uh, what that does that even mean? True? I feel Wait, are you so now, next you're going to say there's no vodka and penne vodka? Um, what is that? What that is. Penne alla vodka. Oh, penne, penne vodka alla vodka. sauce? Yeah, Come yeah. On. No, there, there's, there's actual vodka in that. Yes. Yeah, but they cook it. 
but it's cooked and and the 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 potency of these things it is does not, have actual rum in it is not alcohol level like it's not drinking liquor GC level. says there's alcohol in it that's what i'm saying yeah. yes but there's there's like alcohol is in lots of different things but if it's cooked the the it is not potent you're not getting drunk off rum raisin ice cream I'm down for some rum raisin. Oh There's a great so there is no spot age. right next to my right next to my. There is uh, house. no age requirement. Fair maybe, enough. Maybe a little Jamaican food and and some Funk Harbor rum raisin ice cream for for dinner on Monday if Aljo wins. Maybe have it at the watch yeah. party. Now we're talking. What's I got to have baked beans, clam chowder, Duncan. Oh, you're going okay. You're going. Is that the meal? We're all going to do that: baked beans, clam chowder, and uh, and an extra large iced coffee from Duncan. Is everybody down? Um, Joe is making a screwed up face. Why? Why? Like it's not a good idea. Why? It doesn't sound good on the tummy. I mean, he's from Boston. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow yep. his lead. We, we need Joe to weigh in here. What's the uh, What's the best storyline attached to UFC 292? Is this the, the Aljo stuff? Is it Zhang Wei Li's? You know, Zhang Wei Li 2.0. By the way, Zhang Wei Li since winning the belt is like an absolute phenom. She yeah. is just a, she's like a Tasmanian devil out there. I mean, she, I think that fight's gonna be crazy. But I mean, it's also, Sean O'Malley is in his first main event. Yeah, it's he's headlining pay per view for a title. Let me just throw out a couple ones. Uh, sure, yeah, Ian yeah, yeah. Gary, Ian Gary, you know, he's talked a lot this camp. He's talked a lot. We're going to talk to him in about wish, an hour. I wish it was still the Jeff Neal fight. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's a big yeah. test. Beating Neil Magny yeah. is a big test. Of course, of course. The, and this is what he wanted, there, too. Though. This is what he wanted. Marlon Vera coming back after that super disappointing performance against Corey yeah. Sanhagen against Pedro Munoz. Chris Weidman coming back two yeah, and a half big. years after the leg break. It kind of stops there. I mean, there's good fights beneath that, but I feel like those are the top ones. I feel like that one, two, three, four, five, that five pack, that's solid stuff. I mean, I cannot wait for this fight card. And the craziest thing is that it, it could have been even better. Like, we obviously lost the Cody Garbrandt, Mario Bautista. We could have had the Ian Gary, yeah. Jeff Neal. Uh, could have had Cheeto versus uh, Henry Cejudo. We're supposed to have Font and Song Yudong. Uh But still, yeah. I'm very excited for this one. I, th- I think it's O'Malley, first main event, going for the title against a guy who some are now saying is potentially the greatest 135er of all time. Could be his last fight in the division, main event, belt on the line. That's that's number one for me. Strong agree. Yeah, but the other ones are solid. Oh, oh yeah. for sure, it's a sick card, and I love that they're going back to Boston. I think the crowd's going to be electric. Card of the year. I mean, come on. I feel like every pay per view we say we got to watch it happen. Card of yeah. the year. This is the most stacked these, card of the year. These next four pay per views are crazy, though. This into Izzy Strickland in Australia, into. Abu Dhabi into John Jones Steep at MSG. Oh, and then Top and then end. December is going to be McGregor Chandler. If it's McGregor Chandler, or you know, even if it's the return of Yuri oh, against Yuri. Alex Pereira, and then and then we have to find a slot for Leon and uh, Colby yeah. potentially in New York yeah. City, or it's either New York or or December. So Great train baby, yeah, it's going to be a, a big fourth quarter for the UFC. Speaking of Conor McGregor. Uh, he was uh, on full display at the O2 this weekend. So there was a lot going on in the world of combat sports. Of course, uh, Bellator had another event in South Dakota. They always do big business there. Solid win for Logan Storley. Was expecting just like it's a 25 a minute. Yeah. yeah see him get a finish. Against the, uh, the always dangerous Brendan Ward. Uh, solid performances all around. It was, you know, very long card, a lot of fights on the card, but uh, entertaining stuff. Saturday night. 
very happy to see Vicente Luque back on track, healthy. Always impressive when you could beat a legend like RDA. To me, first ballot Hall of Famer in whatever Hall of Fame you want to create. Um, just, you know, an, an absolute legend of the game. Uh, Khalil Roundtree with a very impressive performance as well. But to me, uh, what happened at the O2 in London was the biggest story of the weekend, multiple reasons. Anytime Anthony Joshua fights, it's a big deal. Fights a short-notice opponent, was looking a little ho-hummish in the early portion of the fight, then blasts him with the right hand, knocks out Robert Hellenius, sets up the massive fight potentially with Deontay Wilder. But our boy Conor McGregor was uh, on full display, like I said, and uh, was there, you know, ringside, shows up in the van or whatever that was, like a minibus, uh, is all over the gaff over there, uh, just like ever, you know, like present. He's just like ringside, you see him there, ringside, all that stuff. And then in the ring, our guy Ade Aladipo asking him a question in the ring, and he calls out KSI, which uh, to me took me by surprise a little bit because obviously Jake Paul has been calling him out for the better part of two years or so and made it very personal. And then here he is saying that he would uh, he would fight KSI in a uh, in a bare knuckle fight, uh, saying, "I do believe." What is the line, GC? Uh, he couldn't box. Yeah, he couldn't box eggs if he worked in an <laughs> egg boxing factory. I mean, what a line! Uh, guys, are we buying or selling Conor McGregor versus KSI? And what about the promotion for October fourteenth? He's talking the about Dylan. He's talking huge. about Logan Paul. He's saying he's basically know. locking Dylan in. He's saying that he's going to win. He said he's training him, so you better Guaran- watch out because he's, he's guaranteeing a win. Uh, KSI bare knuckle. I thought he already had a bare knuckle bout with Mike Perry <laughs> for the for why the bare knuckle though. That's what I would love to know. Why go from boxing to bare knuckle? I don't know. I liked the plan he laid out in the ringside interview. I think he said Michael Chandler in December, then Justin Gaethje for the BMF belt, then the trilogy with Nate Diaz. I mean, sign me up for that. That that would be incredible. No KSI? I don't think that's going to happen. I almost feel like he did that. I didn't really know they had a feud. Take, I don't think they do. I, th- I feel like taking a shot at Jake, like completely ignoring Jake and just being like, yep, I'll, I'll bare knuckle box KSI. Just doesn't even mention Jake's name. Would KSI do that? No. No? <laughs> Why so dismissive? Why wouldn't he do know. that? It'd be the biggest fight of his <laughs> yeah. life. He'd make a shitload of money. Yeah, well, first of all, it's not, it, bare knuckle boxing. This is this Conor is McGregor. fantasy. Like we're not. This is not a real. What do you Conor mean? Conor McGregor is not bare knuckle boxing KSI. Stop this. Like let's not even talk about this. <laughs> you're, I love when he's like, "You're mad, KSI is over there." <laughs> Everything about it was hilarious. When Ade's talking to him and he's like, "And your yeah. man KSI over there." He couldn't he's, box. He's also, eggs. He was holding the he was <laughs> holding the microphone too. Like he like just want to fight as well. It was so good. Uh, yeah, the boxing, the eggs line. So you think Connor's, all Connor's you, called out ten people since since he's more probably twenty people since he's last fought and isn't fighting. So let, let's just fight. Buy or sell? He fights in December. He seems to be adamant on the December. It. I'm thing. buying yeah, it. He's been adamant. Yeah, before. I'm buying it. Um, Man, December's coming out. When I thought sell. I was out, they pulled me back. You're back in December. I'm, I'm gonna sell. You're gonna sell? I think we're gonna get Dylan. F- a, a real Dylan fight and not a Connor fight. That's my Who Dylan Dennis masterclass. I'm selling. Imagine where Dylan is the one that you're buying to show up and not Connor. I think I I'm really starting what to a think world. like with the with the potential fine with McGregor backing him so hard, saying he's going to be there. I feel like this is the one he shows up for. 
No, I've said this. You're talking about Dylan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no. I, th- I, I know. Think I think we're all in agreement on that. What a strange world. All this getting intertwined. Like, this is the biggest name in MMA. Like it or love it. And he's calling yeah. out KSI, not even yeah. Jake Paul. Yeah. What a crazy world this is. How did this yeah. all get so intertwined? <laughs> well, he, I mean, he's there like the Forged Irish Stout was like a big spot. No, I know, but it, it just it came uh, out of I nowhere. mean, I hate to go back to the alcohol thing. When are we going to get some Forged Irish Stout? Cake? Wow. Right. It's like, we got to get the glass. Something going. you need to tell us? But my, my thing is like, wh- why is this KSI one being taken seriously? Like, should Mike Perry be taken seriously? Like, there, th- none of this is happening. None of this. Like, mm. it's not happening. Until the 14th. Can I tell you why this one feels a little bit different? Tell me. I'd love to to know because I put zero stock into it. Bare knuckle boxing. For some reason, it feels a little different because it was unexpected. And I know the Mike Perry one was unexpected, but Mike Mike Perry's an MMA fighter. So it's like, I guess conceivably they could fight each other. This one just felt so out of left field. No. I thought the Mike Perry thing felt pretty out of left field. It was out of left field. I was like watching that, and I thought I was cowboy. A take dream. take the night off. I'm gonna hop in the ring and steal your mic time and call out Mike Perry. Like that's a weird that's a weird thing to have happen. None of this has any grounding in reality. Like he's under contract. You gotta give UFC. him. You gotta give him credit. The dude is everywhere. Okay, you do have to say this. The big winner was October 14th, right? If sure. he shows up yeah. to that event and is there fight week, and if he's cornering Dylan in this fight against Logan Paul, as personal Massive. as that is getting. This is going to be gigantic business. Yeah, they should pay him. They should pay him to be involved. If I'm Misfits or DAZN, I'm paying him to train Dylan and be in his corner. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Or or just let Forged Irish Stout be the main sponsor. I think the UFC free. would would be the big losers in that equation. What do you mean? I, I think if if he if that's what he's focusing his his energy on, I don't know how. No, it just happens in December. Just to corner him for a week. He said he's going to yeah, train with him. He's going to be part of the training camp. No, he's going to be a part of the training camp. He said they're going to train together. He's going to yeah. get ready for December. Dylan's going to get ready for October 14th. Don't be so negative, bro. Nah, don't see Big it. Big business. Don't see it. Big business. It was crazy. Do you guys think that Wilder Joshua is going to happen? Oh, I hope so. That's that's what I want. Felt like, felt like Joshua in the beginning was like kind of, you know, timid to pull the trigger and everything. Obviously, he got the knockout, but... Uh, you can't be like that against Deontay Wilder. That is the fight I want to see. Oh, I would love to see that fight. Yeah, I feel like it. It'll happen. Luckily, we can ask uh, Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn about that. By the way, speaking of bare knuckle, who? Uh, I'm not trying to be. You know, I'm not trying to play games here. But like Bryce Hall, Hall yes, Shout out, bro. Shout out. What, Big win. What is so he had a win also on Friday? BKFC. Yeah. What is he known for? Uh, TikTok. Like he's, yeah, he's like an is he just TikTok hype house all that. What is that? Uh, it's content like, creation, yeah. Content houses. Creation. He's just famous. He's just fa- he's famous like like Jake Paul, Logan Paul. He just makes yeah, videos. yeah, yeah. Like influencer makes videos, yeah. But is he like what kind of videos? Like Mr. Beast type videos? No, definitely no. not Mr. Beast. Not type Mr. Videos. Beast like TikTok videos. videos. But like, what, what is the content? What like what what are we like life? Like here's my life. Okay, and he's super famous. Famous, he's very. Famous. Why did he millions go, and millions of followers? Why did he go BKFC and not just regular? I think that's smart. Had he already done a BKFC fight and lost? No, no. This was this he did okay, he did a YouTube video. versus TikTok event, right? And lost and, and lost, yeah, and lost. Yeah. Then he came back and he smoked a guy. Yep. Yeah, I want to say he dropped him in round one. And then, this is uh, a huge oh, coup oh, you're for talking BKFC. about this fight. No, yeah, yeah. it was. Um, There's an injury. No? It was an injury to his opponent. I, I, he looked decent. He dropped him once, and then the opponent 
like injured his elbow on the ropes at some point at the end of the first round. And then the opponent just was fighting with one hand and it had to be stopped. Um, it wasn't, he didn't come out there and like flatline the guy. But it was a W. Oh, yeah. Deserved W. Oh, yeah. Big W. Sure. So is he like a BKFC guy now or is this just like a yeah. one off? No, I think, no, I, I, think, think he's, I think he's ready for, for another one. Do you think they, you know, it's smart. They made money opinion. off this? Like, was it a big deal? That I don't know. But I, but I, I think it's smart to enter this lane if you're willing to do it because it gets you it gets you some clout with that you're willing to put it on the line in, in a bare knuckle fight and the influencer boxing market is kind of saturated with guys who are of similar lanes and calibers and things like that so I, I think it's smart to differentiate yourself isn't it wild that okay they go into the boxing they go into the bk but no one has really gone into mma yet it's the hardest one yeah kind of a victory for uh mma wmma I'm not talking about women's MMA. I'm talking about W space. Yeah, no, no, no. I was aware, man. <laughs> I mean, I C- keep up with CM Punk did it. Uh, yeah, you're. Wow, you know what? CM Punk was the first influencer CM, MMA fighter. CM Punk did it. Actually, James Tony. Uh, he's a boxer. Though. Yeah. Wow. CM Punk was really uh, ahead of the times. 2016. I mean, Brock Lesnar. Mm, I mean, freaking national champion. He's like one of the greatest. Yeah, I, I'm say, I, I, I will grant you, like, it's it's different. CM wow. Punk's probably the one with the least. Yes, you're trade. right. Is there another one? I mean, those dudes who uh, those dudes who fought in, in those K1 events in LA, like the one guy, well, Johnny Morton, remember he got yeah. brutally knocked out. But then there was, uh, there was like some comedian. Was there a comedian that got brutally knocked about, out as well? I, yeah, how about we say like non-athlete, right? Like yeah. maybe that's the distinction. Um, well, yeah, I, I think it's smart to carve out your path in BKFC. Uh, yeah, crazy. That got a lot of attention. I wasn't yeah, too familiar. He's, he's pretty famous. I mean, he's, good, he's legit. Good-looking guy. Is yeah, he a troublemaker? Is he is he viewed as like talk? Is he that? I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, I think he's just a heartthrob. Is yeah. he a heartthrob? Twenty-four million TikTok followers. Wow. How he's much? He's not the problem child. No, of course not. Uh, I saw some reports about the uh, the pay per view buys for that fight. Uh, not bad for bad. the Paul Diaz. Yeah, I don't know. I can, I don't want to repeat them, but uh, I think better than what most people were thinking. I don't know if it's true or not. I have no uh, information when it comes to any of that stuff. Um, but that would be uh, a nice little feather in their cap, I would say. Yeah, that that is a, that is a decent number. All right, so no uh, no Connor KSI. Bryce Bryce Hall is he big enough for? Uh, I actually McGregor? think it's a, I actually think it's a real thing. As I've been saying, the K, the you think KSI Conor McGregor in bare knuckle boxing is like uh, maybe not the bare knuckle component, but I said it maybe six seven eight months ago. I feel like we're inching closer to him being involved in one of these fights. I feel like it's but getting. Why closer. wouldn't it be Jake or Nate? Like why would it be KSI? It feels Boy, he wants him. He called him out. No, come on. You, you, let's just say the egg boxing thing egg boxing wasn't his factor. best stuff. I don't. I don't think he. I has actually a thought real... it was not bad. Oh boy. <laughs> Wait, GC How agrees. How far are we falling? Wait, you agree with me, GC? You liked it too? No. What? You said you liked it before I got here. You said we were talking outside. Yeah, Off I said not his best work. Ah, now you're. We're talking about one of the greatest trash talkers. Yeah, I thought of it was a funny line. <laughs> Have you ever gone back and watched this dude's highlight reels? Yes, like, I was there for most of it. <laughs> the one-liners that this guy used to fly off were yes. like, ingenious. All I'm saying, 
Not his best work. Egg wow. Eggsboxer had he used some it twice. He used it twice. So. Okay, that's, I mean, he did use it twice. He did use Eggboxing it. factory, I'm not really, is that a big thing in Ireland? I don't know. Is that like a commonplace? Like an, I'm not going to lie, I googled eggboxing factories <laughs> and like there wasn't a big result. <laughs> I was fighting for it. I was like, maybe this is a bar. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, not eggs do thing. have to be boxed somewhere. Sure. Of course, yeah, that is true. And don't so, hire KSI because yes, he's not capable. Yeah, definitely don't hire KSI. Speaking of, we can get around talking. to it. Yes, Frank. Mm-hmm. Did you see Elon Musk's response to Zuckerberg? You know, I'm happy you brought brought this up. Uh, this is something I want to tell you. You know, okay, you guys may not believe in uh, in KSI Connor. I believe now more than ever in Elon versus Zuckerberg. You know why? It has it has officially reached real fight status. If only because now we get the the daily Twitter X thread updates in out. Here's some of it. I, I mean, I definitely you, you, can't read it, but like, I'm in, you you're think, out, you, I'm in, you're out. That, that, that makes that, it feel real. That you, this feels real because Zuck said, I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious and it's <laughs> yeah. time to yes. move on from this. That makes me feel like it's really real. Like, Did you this, see the response to that? Uh, Elon won't confirm a date, then says he needs surgery and now asks to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If Elon ever gets serious about a real date and official event, he knows how to reach me. Otherwise, time to move on. I'm going to focus on competing with people who take sports seriously. And Elon responds, Zuck is a chicken. <laughs> That's literally what he wrote. That's all he wrote? What, when, yeah. today? I, I saw it today, earlier. That's why I was like, this is the trash talking. On X? On X. Oh, here it is. Yeah, um, I can see it on my screen. The fight will be managed by my... Okay, well, the, the, the big update last week was Elon distancing himself from the UFC and then yes. Zuck saying, no, I want to do it with the UFC slash one. So all these things W1, makes right? think it's now more likely somehow. Yeah, big one. Big, big, big million one. percent. When it was big dub one, but how do they get UFC and one to work together? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Also, uh, what is the whole thing with Italy? Yeah, well, they want to go to the Coliseum. Coliseum. I spoke to the PM of Italy and Minister of Culture. They have agreed on epic location. Everything done will pay respect to the past and present of Italy. They All s- proceeds go to veterans. They spoke to a rep in Italy. And pediatric said, hospitals in Italy. Who said uh, no Coliseum, but maybe somewhere else. Yeah, why no Coliseum? I don't know. I don't know. It's like one of the most historic. Well, I've been to the Coliseum, uh, albeit a long time ago, and there's like stuff on the floor. It, there's like columns and stuff. It will be very hard to... People I people died there. Yeah, but I feel like they'll have to have a platform, and it's not exactly in the best of shape, like to to, to house you know eighty thousand people or whatever it would be. Um, it does seem a little bit far fetched, the Coliseum part. But this, just that part, just just that part, the rest of it. When 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 it was just Dana talking about it to you know JoeBlogspot dot com wearing his shirt with the weird threading over here. I don't know why he does oh, that. Shout out to the, the, <laughs> the threads, bro. It did not feel real. It felt like he was just trying to attach himself to this fight. But what did I always say? I always said, why do they need any organization, including the UFC, to be involved? These are two of the richest human beings on the planet. Top five each, top 10 at worst. Why do they need anyone? They could literally, they could do this anywhere. They could do this in Alaska, in the middle of nowhere, and make gazillion dollars and stream it on their respective platforms. But it seems like Zuck really has a great appreciation for the MMA fighters and wants yeah. to give them an opportunity. Elon is just kind of, you know, also the, he truly the, is all over the gap. So, so the fact that he was then saying all this stuff, and then Elon, and excuse me, and then Zuck comes out and he's like, he doesn't want to fight, and then they talk about the backyard. That actually made me finally feel like this is a real thing because this is the way fights are made. 
This I, is Tyson Fury and uh, freaking Usyk. This is Connor and no, Nate Diaz. Yeah, Tyson, Tyson Fury, Fury and, and Usyk, Usyk, which is not happening. Don't yeah, but those are real fights. Also, the Coliseum thing. And not like, happening. Not just getting like 80,000 people in there to watch, but like you would need production, like you would need cameras, announcers, booths, all this. The, the, like, there's just okay, no way. this is Crawford Spence. No. This is Tank uh, Garcia. The blow-by-blow blow-by-blow yes. conversation about it is the clearest indicator that absolutely nothing is going to happen because all that is is posturing from both sides to say, no, actually, that guy's the scared one. That guy's the chicken. And then they'll never fight, and they'll both just be calling each other chickens f- forever. I mean, how much longer do we have? Musk, is he's already 52. Yeah, it's, like, it's not We're happening. working against the clock with him. So. I, I actually believe, correct me if you feel other. I, I, I feel like Zuckerberg really wants to do this. Yeah, he does. Yeah, because I think he thinks... He's gonna dominate the fight. He's like no, but he's taking this seriously. He actually, oh, trains yeah. him he's training life. with guys. He did a five k yesterday under twenty minutes. You see that? Z- Zuck is <laughs> he's jacked, dude, and he's running sub twenty five k's at yes. however old he is. Zuck Zuck is Usyk. He Jeez. wants the fight. Uh, Musk is Fury. He does not want this fight right now. Mm. This is not the time for. He's him. Got a lot going on. Just rebranded I Twitter. I By the way, when you post something on social media, sorry to interrupt. Is yeah, it via going. X? Do you do via X? Yeah, it's X now. Wow. It's X now. Yeah. X.com. Uh, am I the only one, like when I have TweetDeck open and I look at the it's tabs? Not, it's called X Pro now. Yes. Am I the only one that, like, every time that happens, I briefly have a moment of panic because I think, like, some adult site is on my uh, tab. No. I still go to Twitter.com. It's called X Pro. There's, like, it just doesn't feel real. I'm like, what? Did I get infiltrated by some uh, spam bot? Uh, no? I can't say I've had the same experience. Yeah, another Every time I look at X-Pro, I think it's some shady site. X-Pro? Get the Just app. Don't go to AerialHawani.com. Oh, jeez. Don't plug that. Uh, <laughs> Wait, just, what app? What app? There's there's like a desktop app, desktop app of oh, for real? X-Pro. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. There's always been for TweetDeck. You don't have to go on the browser. That way, it's separated. Oh, all right. Uh, what were you going to say? Sorry, GC. Oh, uh, yeah. I ran a I ran a sub 25K in high school. I ran three miles this morning. Any guesses on how fast it took me? Me being 30 now, Zuck's like 39. Three miles, you said? Yeah, it took me like 27 minutes. So Zuck That's incredible. Is, I'm incredible. Zuck is smoking me. Zuck's I know, but... halfway st- home by the time I'm done. Sure. <laughs> and he's like 38. Yeah, but he's rolling he's, with Izzy I mean, and Volk. Just the pictures, Jacked, yeah, man. I need, I need the vitamin C's on, bro. Better chance of happening: Connor KSI, wow, Elon, yeah, <laughs> I mean, is neither. What's bigger, zero or zero? Wow, I this is no either. fun. I'm trying to have fun here. You guys don't want to have fun. This is fun. Not that much fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm like trying to give a reason. I'm trying to give a reason on why either of them would happen. Uh, charity. Anytime you throw out charity, then it has to be for a good reason. That's true, yeah. Yeah, we've, we know that to be fact for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to do it for charity. Mm-hmm. Also, I wish we could have a, I wish we could have had like a recording of the Elon Musk phone conversation with the Prime Minister of Italy about holding a fight at the Coliseum. You know it was just Hello, a random guy. this is Elon Musk. I am the owner hey, of Hey, Elon X. here. <laughs> do you think that Zuck and Elon have, have spoken about this? Yeah, they, they were texting each other. No, no, on the phone. Maybe. You, uh, probably you, you not. They text. On. text. Instagram or <laughs> X? No, they text. Facebook Messenger? They look like text. They, they would never go platform. They would never allow the other to have the, the, the win. The W, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they text. Prime Minister of Italy. Oh, Georgia Maloney. All right, so I guess neither of those are happening. Um, uh, uh, this is what I'll say. I could see a world. This is what I could... 
I could see a world where they do something together, but it will not be a fight. Okay, then let me ask you this. Do you see a world in the next 12 months where Mark Zuckerberg has an MMA fight? Yes. Wow. Man, but who does he fight? Yo, that is crazy. 100%. That's still, that's still insane. Yeah, it is. Who do we think he fights? Bryce Hall. Fuck. Get out of here. <laughs> that's the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh, 52-year-old that like is kind of out of shape, 23, however. No, no, we're talking about Zuck, not Musk. I know. I'm saying. Like, oh, 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 the comparison opponent of opponent. Is... Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Bryce. Opposite end of the no. He, Does he fight in the UFC? I feel like that's a real thing. It, I feel like he's more person. open to the Dana thing than uh, Oh, yes, yes, yes. 1,000%. He's pushing. I, I think, I he, think wants he likes the, experience. the legitimacy. Yes, he yeah. wants the experience of being a UFC fighter. Well, he laid it out pretty plainly. He, he also fight? wants to hi- – like, he recognizes if I'm if I'm Mark Zuckerberg and I'm fighting on a card, the exposure that the people underneath me could get from this would be massive. He's trying to promote the sport and promote the athletes. So, yeah. I, I, what if, I think what if Zuckerberg possible. did one instead of UFC? No, it's not Huge. Bad. It'd be huge for that. one. Uh, huge W for one. Mark Zuckerberg is pretty much like GCNI when it comes to uh, English soccer. Like MMA is this new, shiny, fun yeah. breath of fresh air for him. And I think yeah. he's just immersed. Like you can tell, even on threads, you know, when I pop on there, it feels like he's always talking about MMA in 100%. some way, shape, or form. He's just in love with it. And how could you not admire that? I feel like he wants to make the walk. I, I agree with you. I think it is very likely he does something and not likely at all that that fight fight? well they can turn this again into uh, how they handled the cm punk situation yeah and they did a whole looking for a fight and in the end you know they found an opponent i just feel like if if zuck is gonna fight someone it needs to be someone with a decent amount of notoriety by the way the next episode the next series of the ultimate fighter could be winner fights mark zuckerberg I do not want to see. see no, you can't. A, a unless it's like a celebrity tough. tough. No, you just get a bunch of one and zero guys. No, no, no. You have a whole but tournament. You're gonna put Zuckerberg prize. against Joe Schmo. In, in yes. that case, just do Facebook employees versus uh, <laughs> versus Meta. Meta. I Wait. mean, uh, Meta employees versus uh, X employees, or even mix in Tesla. Do, yeah, do whatever you Tesla want. Was. By the way, in order for this to actually work, it has to be a Joe Schmo. Yeah, I don't think it will be somebody with a name. You can't put it. Yes, in because there then, you can, the real... then you can. Well, th- this is you know it didn't it didn't necessarily work out with Punk, but this was the thinking. Like you put him in there against an unknown guy, and then you you know you have hopefully a future star. We thought for a minute Mickey Gall was that future star, right? Mickey Gall beat yeah. him, looked good in doing so, was featured on some big cards, didn't necessarily pan out. But you have to find a guy who's O and O and who's. Of course, hard to find a guy who's 0-0 in a future star. It's hard to tell at that point. But I feel like whenever the, the fight part of it becomes difficult, the grappling match is always kind of like the, the default. I could I could very easily see it being Zuckerberg a grappling Bo match. Zuckerberg, Bo Nickel? <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, I mean, a grappling match, if I, if I had to place a bet right now, I think it'd be a grappling match. Oh. But I wouldn't be shocked by MMA. Hasn't he done that already? Yeah. He's done like the BJJ. Yeah, he does like yeah. the tournaments. I'm talking like oh, a like, like a Polaris oh, GS, or GSP or a Musk on in, on the December card. Nah. Have they announced his opponent yet? Uh, they have not. I think uh, GSP's a, a Musk guy too. That'd yeah, be great. Is. That'd be good. Bit. I think next twelve months there's a very good chance he fights. Like yeah, I could I see him fighting at UFC 300. Now here's I the like thing. The idea of that does, That'd be massive. Does it? I think it's got to be a celebrity. Does it actually? 
not make sense to put him on UFC 300. Like, I don't think it makes sense to do that. The same reason why I don't think Connor fights at UFC 300 because you might as well get two bites at the Big Apple. You put Connor on 299, you're guaranteed million X, yeah. you know, views, and then 300 just on 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 the fact alone that it's 300 and they're going to stack it to a degree. We'll get. So I actually think it's counterproductive to put that big name on 300. You know what I mean? I also think it would be smart to isolate that fight away from the regular UFC product, right? Because he is not going to be a UFC fighter, right? We, oh, you don't think he's going to fight on a numbered UFC card? I, I think it would make sense not to, if I'm being oh, honest. Oh, 1,000% they're going to do that. I think it would make sense to do... I'm thinking UFC Apex 100 <laughs> when we did. No, no, no. I'm not saying a fight uh, night. Zuckerberg. I'm saying you build something separate. You build something completely separate. As the, I think the he wants, I think card. he wants to be on a numbered card. If if he wants to, you give it to him. But what I'm saying is, if I was if I was running it, it would be a a separate yeah. Zuckerberg show. It would be if, his show. Just say like they were just like let's just blow out UFC 300. Like let's just make it the biggest event of all time. Zuck is on the card. McGregor's on the card. Who's the main event? McGregor. McGregor. And I think Zuck would be down with that too. Zuck Coleman. I think the respect that he has for the fighters and fighting and everything, I, I don't think he wants to be, I think he wants to just be one of the guys. On Zuck a number- featured, featured prelim? So crazy. Before the pay-per-view starts? I think it's a real thing. What is happening right now? Zuck, He's going down the car. Come on the show. Let's Zuckerberg versus. So nuts. Um, all right. One guy who was uh, in action this past weekend had a massive win. It took him just 85 seconds to get back on track. Our old pal Terrence McKinney had a massive win over Mike Breeden. He's kind enough to join us right now on the program. There he is, T-Rex. What's happening, yeah, my yeah, man? Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up? Congratulations. Hey, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Okay, it's a Monday morning. Uh, you, you got a victory. Been a minute since we had this feeling. Does it, does it feel good to have this feeling back in your life? Yeah, it feels great. Um, got to get that bitter, sweet taste out of our mouth, you know, because we're definitely – very capable of winning that last fight, so it feels good to get back in the win column. Okay, uh, actually, if I can, uh, I wanted to go back to the previous fight, the the one in January. How did you handle that? Because I, and I know there was back and forth on Twitter and all this stuff for X now. Like, it felt like some people were celebrating you losing and doing it in a disrespectful way. You're going out there, you're risking your life, you're putting your career online, all that stuff, and then you get back, and I know you're very active on, on social media, and you get back on there and you see all that, how did you deal with that, you know, outside of the limelight? Um, uh, it's not my first time people talking about me, not my first radio. Um, for me it's just more motivation. Uh and it just makes like I said, it just makes me more hungry, man, you know. So like I tell people, like like the journey ain't done until it's done, you know. So like everything is just a, a learning step, even the wins, you know. I can always pick something the way where I can get better. It, it didn't feel like uh, at one mo- moment in the immediate aftermath, did it feel like everyone was ganging up on you? Did it feel like that bandwagon was getting empty? Uh, not at all. I just think uh, people just hate to see me smiling, you know? Like, they expect me to get down on myself, and that's just not how my mom raised me, you know? That's not how adversity built me, you know? Like... Losses don't kill me, you know? Like I said, like what they said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and I truly believe that. Why do you think, why do you feel that people don't want to see you smiling? It, it, I just think because they used to people getting down on themselves, you know, like 
and I, I just think that's all the devil, you know. The devil wants to break us down. He wants us to quit. Uh, he wants us to beat up ourselves. He wants us to ultimately kill ourselves or someone kill us, you know. Hmm. Or we kill our own journey. So, like, I just ignore it, you know. It's part of the game. And my mom always told me, if, if you're not doing something right, if, you, if you're doing something right, there's going to be haters. So, like, when I see the haters, I know I'm doing something right. Amen, I know, brother. Um, exactly exactly <laughs> you're doing something right when you got the haters so that's how i take it uh paris hilton once told me not personally of course i read a quote she said haters make you famous exactly man <laughs> exactly you gotta love both of them as long as my name's still ringing in a circle that's all right with me right uh, can i ask which which was the tougher pill to swallow the, the the fight that ended in that you know kind of dramatic heartbreaking fashion in in January or the one uh you know just a couple of months ago where you thought that you were robbed where you felt like you were wronged um the last one for sure because I know for a fact I was a better fighter um I just wish I would just kept on our feet because I feel like I was seeing all the blows he was throwing at me like he really couldn't land no really big strikes on me I was seeing it all so are, are you I should have just stayed on the feet. Are are you in fact going to appeal that loss? Oh yeah, we're we're appealing it. Yeah, because you can see, um, I went from a good posture to when he grabbed the fence. I got crushed a little bit lower. He grabbed the fence one time, and then I'm completely on my butt in a compromised position. What do you hope to achieve from that? Like uh, historically, they don't really reverse those calls, even if it is blatant. Yeah, exactly. But if not, I just want I just want that in the air. And hopefully we get to do the dance again later on in the future. Okay. Um, considering how those two fights went, you did go into this fight on a two-fight losing streak. Were you feeling a little more pressure than usual? Um, this time, none at all, man. Because I was like, man, I, I told myself, like, I'd rather just get knocked out, go to my shield. At least I know I left it all out there. So for whoever I was going to fight, um, I was going to be T-Rex. And that's what me and the team told me just go out there and be t-rex so we we're ready to fight to the death and i wasn't gonna hold nothing back wow uh and you didn't and you didn't have to be out there for very long how good did that feel when you got the victory 85 seconds in uh, um it felt amazing like um i missed my son's birthday on the ninth. oh so i had to get this victory there's no way i wasn't gonna walk with anything left i didn't miss my son's birthday to lose so like that was for my son and it, and it felt so good. Man, your son's already a year old? Yeah, already. Holy yeah, he's one year old now. That, that, that interview when you were in the hospital was a year ago? I can't believe that. Really? <laughs> Is it the same son we're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, that is crazy. A year old. Wow. W what's it been like? Yeah. How would you describe this past year? Incredible, man. Um, he looks more and more like me as time like goes along, and I know he loves to scrap. Anytime he sees me shadow box, he goes crazy. He loves it. So, yeah, can't wait to see the future champion action. That is amazing. Um, and and I, apologies if I've asked you this already, but if he wants to follow in your footsteps, would you be okay with that? Yeah, but my goal is to so he doesn't have to, you know. Right. And that that's that's why I fight so consistently, so that. My son would never have to do what I had to do. Mm. How hard was it to miss his first birthday? It was hard, man. But like I said, um, that baby formula ain't cheap, man. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> sacrifices must be made. 
I feel you. I feel you. And uh, speaking of fighting consistently, DC put you on the spot and uh, you know asked you about when you wanted to come back. You said Boston. <laughs> you just had no idea that Boston was actually this weekend? I didn't know it was next week. I was just listening to my big brother, Holland, you know. We, we, want, to, we want to be the most active gym uh, in the UFC. And we only got two fighters in the UFC at our gym. And we're being the most active. And we're looking to keep it going. But it looked like I might be fighting next month, actually. Really? Which, which date? Yeah. I forgot what date they said, but we should have some news here soon. Come. Against who? I can't say, sadly, but Why is I it? think what? the fans are going to... I think it's going to be a good matchup to make me be able to get a ranked opponent next. Known guy? Do we know him? Huh? Do we know the opponent? Like, is he a known guy or is he uh, like some newcomer that we yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, I consider him a known guy for sure. He's been in USC for a while. Can you do me a favor? No Apex. Is it out of the Apex? You should be fighting in a packed arena. It might be in Paris, actually. Oh, or that's or nice. it might be in Apex. I oh, heard it fuck. might be in Apex or Paris. One of those two. Bro, I mean, talk about the penthouse to the outhouse. Paris or the Apex? Those are two completely yeah. different sides of the spectrum. I know, but it, it, like I said, you guys know me any place, any time. As long as it's not next week. Yes, <laughs> I just don't want to cut weight two times in a row like that. That'd be terrible. But you know, but, your boy Kevin yeah. would fight next week. Oh, Kevin would fight next week. He, yeah. he had enough ready, ready to get back in it. Um, we honestly should be both fighting in September sometimes. So okay, fans got something to look forward to. Would you like to be on the same card as him? Um, nah, because I want our night to be just for ourselves. You know, like I want his night to be special for just him. That way we don't have to stare at a sign. He has a sign and I have mine. So I like how it's been going. How how did the, the friendship start between you two? So I changed management and I signed with KO Reps. And they like they sent me to Texas, right? And then I was going to be on Kevin's podcast, Realized, Recognized. And he got me on a podcast. And right when I met him, like I was like, damn, this is just the older version of myself. Like. <laughs> instantly click i was like this dude literally just a giant version of me just more mature and i was like this is kind of mentor i need in the fight game and right right away we just click and and so do you live in dallas now yeah i live in dallas fort worth now wow so you moved every like you 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 left you're there full time yes sir and how's that been uh good as you guys see my strike is evolving i'm no longer just head hunting I'm attacking the body, uh, body kicks. We're really just evolving as a striker all the way around. And just in our footwork and keeping a guy on the back foot and making sure they can't escape off the cage, um, making sure I'm beating the foot on the outside if, if they're, if they're right-handed. Um, like I said, the striking is just going to continue to evolve. And this is my second fight with the new gym. And I think there's just more to come. We're just getting started. Do you, do you live near each other? Yeah, we're probably like 24, 30 minutes apart. Okay. There was a, a stretch there where it seemed like Kevin was like a real-life, you know, superhero stopping all these crimes. When you hang out with him, does it just seem like things happen around him? Yeah, they really do. Or he'll, I swear, he'll find it. it it's like he's like a walking police-like <laughs> monitor. You know where all the action is going to be at. He's like a real-life Frozone. You know, they just listen to the radio and then... 
he go through his superhero vigilante stuff. That is crazy. Is he is he helping you? I know obviously you have manager Orin Hodak, one of the best in the game, but is he helping you in terms of, you know, just guiding you guiding you through the business of MMA and all that stuff as well? Do you feel like he's like a true mentor to you in and out of the gym? Yes, 100%. Uh, he said, you're not picking your fights anymore. I'm taking your fights. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who told me you're taking this fight. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Wow. That is great. I love to hear that. Um, so, so September, I mean, if it is Paris, that's in less than a month. That's okay with you? Yeah. That's plenty of time for me to, to be healthy for a little bit. I'm a natural body weight. And yeah, I can get the weight done. It's never a problem. I'm a wrestler, as you guys know. Uh, and the power of water loading is for real. So if you ever cut weight, make sure you guys are water loading. It makes the process easy. How much How much are you drinking when you're water loading? Uh, probably two gallons. And then uh, by like Wednesday of fight week, I'm at a gallon and a half. And then on Thursday, we just have like a liter of water. And then we make the weight cut. And, and uh, when does the two-gallon process start? How far out? Well, I, I try to start probably like... Uh, week and a half out okay wow don't, don't you have to go to the bathroom like a like an insane amount of time huh? don't you have to go to the bathroom a lot when you drink that much oh yeah it, it, yeah exactly it just flushes you right out like one second like the start of this fight week for the last fight i weighed 175 wow holy smokes and we, we got all the way down to 156 and it, and it wasn't uh it wasn't difficult no it didn't hurt at all with the word alone it actually felt good or staying Felt good. Yeah. What do you mean by feeling like good? Because I, 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 I got to have a, a popsicle. I was stoked. Oh, I did. I cut it like an extra pound. That way I won't be dying. I was like, I'll do it for the smoothie, the, the little popsicle, strawberry. It was hella good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I saw afterwards you gave your haters the, the old DX chop. Why'd you do that? You know, because, you know, they can suck it, man. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you don't care about the haters. I know, but they asked me a question about him, and I had to send them my response for him. That was crazy. You and Anthony Joshua on the same night. You see him do the DX too, and then someone else did it recently. Who else did it recently? Someone else. Yeah, else man, it's trending. Everyone knows. Like he 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 shut the haters out and just made it motivation. He got the job done. Yeah. Shout out to Anthony Joshua. Good to see him back in the win column. That's right. Um, I saw an interview recently with Safe Saud, who also coincidentally is a coach in the Dallas area, but not with your team, Fortis MMA. And he talked about social media. And he's like, man, and he wasn't talking about anyone in particular, but he's like, some of these fighters are posting on social media right before they walk out. And then they're getting all this hate and they're thinking about it too much. Is there ever a point where you think it's too much, where you're too connected to the phone, where you're too, you know, you're too much on the device and then it could mess up your mind? um for me um i a lot of people don't know i got a social media manager like if oh. most of the times i just do just the dms part like i always do the fan interaction i'll slide up on the comments but all my posts are done by my social media manager come on like, really? if i was if i was do, if i was doing all the stuff it'll sound retarded i'm probably <laughs> the worst english hyper in history so yeah Wait, so all those memes and stuff that, that I see you posting on Instagram and, and Twitter, that's someone else? Yeah, I just do the approval. They send it to me, and I'm like, I, I like that. That's funny. The fans going to love it. Post it. I just give the final yes or no. Okay. Who's the, who's the guy? Who's the guy behind the guy? <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't tell you guys that. Okay. 
Is he right next to you? Is that why you're looking up? Nah, he's okay. not right next to me. Wow, I just I feel like I just found out that uh, Santa Claus isn't real. I thought that was you. And 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 <laughs> if I could be honest, I was gonna say I think you're posting too much. But now we found out that it's not you. So I guess you're fine. Yeah. So when you walk out, it's not really you posting and all that. It's someone else. No, I tell him beforehand. I told him beforehand. That's only one time I got to do the tweet, and we went out there and got got the rear naked choke. Amazing. All right. Well, now I feel a lot better about it because uh, there could be a lot of toxicity, a lot of crap that you have to deal with, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one other thing I want to ask you about, Kesa Holland back in uh, Salt Lake City. How difficult was that for you to watch that? Uh, I had to support my teammates, but yeah, it was weird. It was awkward because like I wouldn't be mad at whoever won. I would have told them congratulations. I love them. And, and whoever lost, I would have messaged them and be like, keep your head up. You're still one of the best guys in the world. And I know you're going to continue to show that and let the world know. I messaged Kiasa, sent them some positive words because He's still that guy. Still been ranked top ten in two different weight classes, which is huge. I told him to keep his head up and know that you're still one of the best out there. Okay, yeah, it's a tough because I know you have that connection to Michael from back in the day, and now Kevin's your big brother. So, uh, kind of a weird thing that it all worked out like that. Huge win for Kevin as well. And so, uh, yeah, we may see you back there in uh, less than a month. Last chance to tell us who it's against. <laughs> Just, just stay tuned, man. Like I said, fans keep on the lookout. T-Rex is back, though. Yeah, T-Rex is back. We're fighting from here on out. Um, I'm not holding nothing back. I'm letting it all fly. I love it. Congrats, man. Uh, enjoy the victory. Hey, thanks, enjoy everything that comes with it. Looking forward to your next one. Yes, sir. Stay blessed, Ariel. Always a pleasure, man. You're the man. There he is, Terrence McKinney. Uh, T-Rex back in the win column. One of the big wins from this past weekend. Uh, he beats Mike Breeden uh, via very impressive fashion. On the undercard, uh, beat him in just 85 seconds. There was a stretch there on the prelims where it was just finish after finish after finish. Luana Santos, Damon Blackshear, Jacqueline Amorim, uh, Martin Boudet, Isak Delgarian, Terrence McKinney, Marcus McGee. Boom, boom, boom. Look at that. All finishes. Then we got into a couple of decisions. Then another submission. Then Khalil Roundtree with the crazy finish against Chris Dawkins moving down from heavyweight. Cub Swanson, Hakeem Dawudu, uh, a bit of a controversial one. Credit to Cub for saying, yeah, I don't think I won that fight. You don't hear that often. Feel bad for Hakeem, though. Does he get his show and win? Hmm. Someone asked me about uh, Wonder Boy. Still no official word on that whole situation on what he's going to end up with, when he's going to fight. Um, as I said last week, I think there were, there, were, there were a few dominoes that needed to fall. And I wonder, by the way, he said Kevin Hall next uh, month. I wonder if we're getting Kevin versus JDM. I, I, this is not me reporting anything, so everyone calm down. I see anyone who's... No. Um, But I did hear that they wanted to see what was going to happen with Wonder Boy, maybe Wonder Boy JDM, maybe Wonder Boy Usman. If it's not Wonder Boy next month, then maybe JDM versus Kevin Holland, which I think would be a tremendous fight. No, no, no! Don't do that. That's not what I was saying. No, because now some Fugazi site is going to be like, according to Ariel Hawani, 
My bad. Uh, GC, how do you feel about Terrence uh, revealing it's not really him on social? Yeah, I don't know how to feel. Honestly, I've had some good exchanges with him on social, and now I find <laughs> out that it's not him. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's a little devastating. I can't lie. Also, you didn't ask him about the red shorts. Fuck. I was really curious about the red shorts. Damn. I feel like that was the switch up, you know? Oh, you think so? Yeah, that was the switch up. This is the title run now. Maybe maybe red is his kid's favorite color. He was doing it for his I birthday. forgot. It was so... I could have gotten a great soundbite. It was so uninteresting to me, the color. For some reason, uh, New York Rick, did you, did you know this? GC loves to know why people are wearing X color shorts. Why is this interesting? Listen, if they, if they depend on a certain color of shorts throughout their whole career and then they suddenly walk out in something else, they obviously made, uh, you know, a decision to do that. He walked out in red. I think that was the first time we've seen him in red. Fuck, the fact that you even know that. Is he with the blue at 287? The fact that you even know that, too. You're crazy. You you didn't see the pictures at the photo shoot of Izzy in blue and your jaw didn't drop? No. This is so uninteresting. (laughs) I couldn't care less. Ian Gary with the purple last fight camp? I wish I lived in a world where none of this mattered. story behind it. No, yeah. Tell me about the story when uh, Mike Tyson walked out wearing all black. If we're comparing this to that, no, you're crazy. I wasn't, you know. Ter- was, Terrence Crawford walking out with the fishnet. I would have noticed. That's big, that's big time stuff. Uh, Chuck Liddell walking out with the, the ice shorts. That's big time stuff. Tito Ortiz walking out with the fire shorts. is big time stuff. Terrence McKinney walking out with the freaking blue Venom shorts is not big no, time stuff. It was red. It was red. Oh, whatever he's, it was. he's done the blue previously. <laughs> Maybe he's just trying to make his rounds. Maybe he's just trying to get every Venom color. Some of the fighters try to do that. Uh, are you serious? Yeah, like is this the thing? Is this the thing that happens on MMA Twitter? We're waiting for the purple shorts. I created MMA Twitter. It didn't exist. Now it's like hashtag MMA Twitter. By the way, you're you a certifiable loser if your if your Twitter handle has like hashtag Alex Pereira on it. Wow. No. Okay. Oh, well, you're you're isolating a lot of your fan base. <laughs> yeah, I need to is... remove my hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Next, next thing you're going to say is I can't have my profile picture be a fighter yes. with like a Santa Claus hat on. No. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's because those are the ones that talk the most shit. If you're going to talk shit, <laughs> then just be yourself. That actually is true. That actually Stop is it true. with this. Yes. Anyway, you know what? Can I say something? If you speak like that, you need better help in your life. Ooh. If you speak like what about the Venom shorts being different colors? I need to get better <laughs> Both. That's what you're saying? <laughs> Both. All right. Uh, we were talking about the biggest stories at UFC 292. Obviously, you have the uh, Sean O'Malley title fight first time in his career. You have the Aljo title defense. And then where he goes from here, Zhang Wei Li returning, Chris Weidman returning. But without a doubt, one of the biggest stories on this card in Boston is the return of the undefeated, the future. Ian Machado Gallery. Now, we thought that he was going to be fighting Jeff Neal. In fact, he's fighting a different kind of Neal. He's fighting Neil Magny instead because, unfortunately, last week we found out that Jeff Neal was injured. And so let's speak to him about all this and more. Here he is, our old pal, Ian Machado Gary. Hello, Ian. How are you? All good? How are you, sir? I'm great. It's great to be back here. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure, as always. Um, I saw a little bit of a snippet. You've been very uh, open with your life as of late on social media. But uh-huh. can you tell us... Like internally, because you know this was a big deal for you. This was a big step for you in your career. This was the next big test. When you found out about Jeff Neal's injury and subsequent withdrawal, how did you feel? Upset. 
upset because I had planned so much beauty around that finish that I was gonna that I was gonna go in there and perform for the, for the fans. I was annoyed because beating number eight in the world and doing it in the way that I had planned it was gonna be so so beautiful, Ariel. I promise you, it was gonna be magnificent. Um, so I feel robbed of that opportunity. Um, and yeah, don't. At the end of the day, now I'm looking at, at Neil Magny and big shout out to Neil for stepping up. But I just don't think either of the guys are going to be good enough to beat me. So I'm annoyed, but I have to go in there and do a job, Aaron. Uh, the good news is you're still on this big card. You're still fighting. So that's great. Was there a period there where you thought you may not still be on the card? Um, no, I believe that I am carrying this 292 card on my back. Wow. And if it wasn't for me, this card would go down the drain. Um, and with the, the opponent change and everything, I think well, at the end of the day, I'm just happy the fans get to see me because I know there's a lot of Irish and Brazilian support in Boston that are excited to have me there. And I just, I'm glad the fans get to watch me live in action. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, Sean O'Malley, Zhang Wei Li, Chris White, you're carrying the card. Why do you feel that way? For sure. I'm, the, I'm Irish. We're fighting in Boston. They have a massive Irish contingent. I've just been in Brazil the last two and a half months. The biggest contingent for Brazilians is in Massachusetts and Boston. This is, this is the stage, the platform where I go in there and you say it. You've got the likes of Sean O'Malley and Aljamain and all these guys that I'm the superstar on the card. It happened on the last fight. It's happening on this fight. The wheels are in motion. I just have to show up and do my thing and the world will see. Uh, could I uh, respectfully push back on one thing? I, I've I've heard you say that Jeff kind of uh, I think as you put it like bitched out and all this yes. stuff. Like, aren't injuries a part of the game? Why are you taking it so personally? And why does it feel like it's a reflection on him from your perspective that he got hurt and had to withdraw? Because I had a feeling that he was going to pull out a long time before he did. Because I believe that when you're fighting a young prospect and you've just come off a loss, it can be scary. It can get into your head. It can play mind games. He lost to Shabka, and now he's coming up against one of the, the other future prospects, future champions that everyone's ranting and raving about. And if you sign that contract, you have to show up in my mind, especially when you're fighting a younger guy. You have to show up. And the fact that he didn't, and the fact that I had that feeling that I knew he was, it just, it sucks. I believe I got in his head, Ariel. I believe I got in his head with the the mugshot tee that we did. I believe like the mind games won this fight, and that he was in his head so much that it ended up forcing him to pull out. And I look, I've heard from different people different reasons why he's pulled out. I haven't heard one clear answer. If I told you, Ariel, now I broke my hand, and someone else tells you I broke my hand and I broke my hand, it's quite clearly I broke my hand. I've been told three different reasons why he's pulled out of the fight. So I just can't stay here and believe what I'm being told. So because you're getting three different reasons, you think ultimately you were in his head and he wanted nothing to do with you in the end? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the T-shirt, and I know you're now kind of claiming victory, right? You're calling, I think you're saying you're now 13-0. Uh, ultimate, yes. <laughs> ultimately, why did you decide to do that? Uh, you, you showed up... I believe it was International Fight Week, right? Two ninety yes, uh, with the T-shirt. Two ninety-one. Yeah. Uh, wh why did you Why did you decide to do that? It 
it was look, we like to play mind games. We like to have fun. We like to be disruptive. A lot like someone that you like. Do you know what I mean? You love Jake Paul, right? What does that guy do better than most people? He's disruptive, correct? He causes trouble. He causes games. By the way, I ran into Jake Paul last week. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I ran into Jake Paul. Let's just say that uh, two very disruptive people are colliding to do uh, to do business together and work together. Oh. I have um, I have joined uh, the better team. Oh wow! So I we're going to be doing a lot of creative content. A lot of a lot of disruption is going to come up. And if you want some uh, if you want some advice from one of the world's best strikers for Nate Diaz, you know who he's coming to, right? Wow. Okay. Congratulations yeah. on that. Uh, that's that's pretty big news for you. Uh, did you get Massive. to train with him? No, we had a quick chop up. We ch- we chatted about it. We talked about some stuff about if the the Diaz fight does become like does come to fruition. I was like, you have to hit me up. I was like, you absolutely have to come to me, and I will show you how to just completely dismantle a southpaw. Okay. Um, yes, we'll see if that all comes to fruition. Uh, back to you though. But to, to back back to your point. Yeah. The, being disruptive. Yeah. When we when we sign a fight, we did it with Cannabolics and the pizza for D Rod on fight week. We sent him the pizza that that got massive traction and it it got fans like enjoyed it, like involved in the experience of oh my god, I can't believe he was sweating. Like it, it get it gives that fans something to cling on to and hold on to and and get excited for. Now, if you're one of the best guys in the world and you have a mugshot. And I can take advantage of the, the media goal that a mugshot can bring and the, the merch game and the excitement and the banter and the, the slight jabs that it is selling that on my Instagram. It's phenomenal. And it's clearly played on his mind. I know it has. I know it has. I've seen him sending his dad or his coach a message saying he's dead. And it's like, it's just, I, I have him so emotionally invested in, in the fight mentally that now when he's, now that he has, he has dropped out and pulled out a fight. You cannot sit there and tell me that that's not a win for me. If if they come back to you after this Neil Magny fight and say let's 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 settle this between you guys because it has gone somewhat personal, are you interested in that? I'm always interested in fighting people that are ranked higher than me. That is the whole goal. That is that everything I've been ranting and raving about and preaching is that if you are ranked higher than me, you there is always an opportunity for that fight to happen especially when you look at all the rest of the division. There's only a certain amount of people I can fight. However, I feel like I've already beaten them. I feel like I've already got that win, and there's, there's other people in the division that excite me more. Like who? Wonderboy, Kobe, Usman, Kamza, Balao, Kevin Holland's coming up. He's going to get a fight soon. You just, there's so many people that the entire top ten is something that excites me. I'm about to break into the top 10 now. Saturday night, I'm going to beat Neil Magny in beautiful fashion. And then I'm, I'm in the top 10 area. I'm in the top 10 in, shortest, in such a short amount of time that every single possible matchup that you could put me in is going to be absolutely ridiculous. So what all those names have in common that you just mentioned, like th- those are the top dogs. You feel like this is the exactly. fight that gets you into that conversation. Like everything changes after oh, Saturday. Yeah. 100%. He's ranked number 11 in the world. Look, I will give credit where credit is due to people who deserve it. Neil Magny is a dog. Neil Magny is one of the best the best winners in the sport. And I say that because Neil comes out of fights that he shouldn't win with a win. He goes in there and he beats people with the same game 
Everybody knows what Neil's going to do. He's not the most beautiful striker in the world. He's not the best grappler in the world. He's not the best wrestler in the world. But he'll go in there and he'll make it a clinch. He'll make it a dogfight. He'll push you up against the cage. He'll make it an awkward fight, a grind. He'll push people to the limits where they have to quit or they have to show why they're the best. And I seen a line a while ago. He separates contenders from pretenders. Neil Magny is that guy. He has been in the area. I think he's been ranked in the top 15 since before I was an amateur fighter. <laughs> I, I, th- I genuinely think that's the truth. Like, I, I genuinely think he's been in the top 15 since I was before I was an amateur. Now I'm stepping in here. He's number 11 in the world. When I finish him, there is absolutely no, no realm where I am not ranked 10 or more in the world. So for me, absolutely every single person that is in that top 10, I am now looking at as a potential opponent. And it's like, it's exciting. It's exciting to see where we were to where we are and how fast it's been and the journey we've been on and the growth and the excitement and what else is to come. It's just, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still a fan of this sport who's just in there doing what I love and I get to beat, beat some of the best in the world now. And that's what I'm excited for. By the way, speaking of being a fan, do you remember when Connor fought in Boston against Max Holloway? Were you watching that? I was, yes. It was, look, everything that Boston brings to the table, the reason I say I'm carrying this card is the Boston contingent is going to be out in full support. Full support. And when I walk out and I'm I'm representing that tricolor, Every single person that has that Irish heritage, that Irish connection that's in that building is going to lose their mind. And it's going to be something special. And I'm excited for it. I'm, I, I look forward to it because I think people will finally see that I am one of the biggest superstars in the UFC. And it's just every single fight, I get to prove that. Ariel, I've told you about every single fight. Fighters will say X, Y, and Z. They'll say all the same things. Oh, he's not fought anybody like me. You know, I'm the biggest test he's ever fought they all say the same things yeah i beat them yeah every single fight i've ever been in in the ufc i've always been the person that the fans and those reporters are always talking about ian gary showed up and he did it again he proved that he is the future he remained undefeated boston is going to be ian gary is legit there's so many matchups we're excited for who's he going to call out what are we excited for the world is just going to explode and i'm excited for it so uh after the last london show uh, David Shaw, who's an executive in the UFC, said, you know, it's 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 time that we start looking outside of, of London. He did reference Ireland. Yep. Uh, this has to happen. I feel like this is the one thing that's been missing, like a big homecoming fight for you. Yep. You win on Saturday. How much closer do you think you are to that fight happening, that scene happening, that moment I've, happening for you? I believe, uh, I've been pushing for it, Ariel. I met Dana in London. I said it to Dana. I said to Dana, we need that. We need the Irish, the Irish back in. Like, we need the UFC back in Dublin. We need them back in the three arena. The fans deserve it. The Irish deserve it. What Irish MMA has done for the sport is absolutely, like, it's. there's no one else that has had the same. Like, the way the Irish took over, the fans, the way they just got excited behind Connor was, it, it's, it's, there's no other comparison. There really isn't. And that is what happens. When you put on a show, when you bring the UFC to Ireland, it is going to connect in a different way. I am the guy who's leading this second wave of Irish MMA. I am, I am that guy. I'm ranked in the top 15. I'm going to be ranked top 10 in the world after this fight. And I believe I want to fight again in December in Vegas. I want to fight another guy between 10 and 5. And after that, after that, there is absolutely no argument 
that the UFC have to come back to US, to, uh, to Dublin. They have to put on an amazing show. Put me on the main event, and you can put anybody in that top ten and be exciting. And I believe we deserve it. We've got a rake of talent that are coming up in the in the cage warriors. You've got champions that have just been signed from cage warriors. You've got people that need to be signed from Ireland. You've got you've got Reese McKee and Caden Ockran who've just recently been signed. Both cage warriors world champions. I don't know how in the world Paul Hughes hasn't been signed to the promotion already, but he deserves to be signed. There is so much talent that is brewing in Ireland at the moment behind the scenes that people don't see. And for me to bring the UFC back to Dublin is a dream come true from a young Irishman who watched Connor, who watched all of that whole buzz, that mania around Ireland. To be able to do that myself is going to be a dream come true. And to be able to give the opportunity for others to join the promotion because of my success, is it's just going to bring Irish MMA to a whole new level. And I'm excited for it. And I will earn that. And I'm pushing for it. And I'm parading for it. And when I get on this mic, on Saturday night after my win, I'm going to shout it out. I'm going to call it out because it's what we deserve. Yeah. Uh, it's it's long overdue. Do you have a name that you will call out on Saturday? Yes, but I have to um, I have to wait and see if there's other people that are being in talks. I know that this talk. No, this is the thing when you get to the top 10. There's only a certain amount of fights that you can call out because other people are matched. Do you know what I mean? For example... Kamzat's up a middleweight. You've got Leon that everyone thinks Leon's going to fight Kobe. Who's Bilal going to fight? Who's Gilbert's out injured? Do you know what I mean? Who's Shabcat going to fight? Who's um, who's Brady going to fight? Who's Wonderboy going to fight? You hear all these talks. I need to talk to my people and find out who is linked, who is thing, because I don't want to call someone out and have that fight not come to, right. come to fruition. I have my people that I want to call out and I'm going to make it happen. When I win... I know who I want. So let's wait till Saturday night and you'll see. But the trust me, it'll be worth it. You know what's crazy? When you called out Magni and Charlotte, he was already booked. Yes. And now you end up fighting yeah. him. Isn't that nuts? It, look, I've said this before. I get what I want always in my burial. <laughs> I put that energy out there and it comes back to me tenfold. I told you, I believe Jeff was going to pull out. I said it to my wife ages ago. I thought he was going to pull out. I didn't think he was going to show up. And Magni is as game as, Mag- as game comes. He's stepping in on short notice. But you got to give respect to me too. Yeah. I was going and fighting a five foot ten short, stocky power puncher in Southpaw to fighting a long, rangy six foot three orthodox who likes to clinch and grind the fight out. So I'm taking a fight on short notice too, and I'm going to go in there and show why I'm one of the best in the world. Because when challenges come in and opponents change, and the fight game is what the fight game is, I'm going to go out there and do what I do best, and I'm still going to knock me up, me out. By the way, something just occurred to me. Uh, just curious. I mean, your your loyalty and your admiration for Connor has never been questioned, yes. but you just yeah. you just signed with the guy who keeps trying to fight him and talk shit about it. How's that going to sit with him? Let the, look. Let look. I've said this before. I am Connor's biggest fan. I am. I am literally the first fighter of a generation to make it to the UFC because of Connor's rise. Mm-hmm. Right what they want to do and what they have and their personal beef is nothing to do with it. So, I mean, if you have two friends that don't get on, if you have two people that you know that don't get on, you can still be friends with both. You can still do business with both. You can still talk to both. You can still go over to both of their houses and have dinner. What they have is nothing to do with me. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, fair enough. That's called being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that, that is the right answer. Uh, and trust me, I've, I've seen it. I've been part of it with, with shit gone through. It's, 
It's a horrible way to be. I don't want to get in between two people. You do your shit. If you guys don't like each other, fucking you be you. I'm being me. Right. No, 100%. Um, we had Charles Olvera on recently. Asked him about training with you. You were. You just mentioned being in Brazil for two and a half months. I know your wife is... Yeah. Is, is, is she born in Brazil? Is she from Brazil? No, no, no. Her mother's Brazilian. Her okay. entire Brazilian... She has about 70, 80 Brazilian relatives. Um, but her mother um, flew to uh, England, loved England, um, settled down in England, and then every summer they went back to Brazil. Okay. For you, though, to go back uh, with her as a father and, and training there with the likes of Charles and others, what was the experience like? Sensational. It was... I've, Ariel, I've been saying for two and a half years to my wife that I want to go to Brazil and I want to live in Brazil and I've never been. I just see from every Brazilian that I've ever met, every Brazilian that I've crossed paths with, their energy is different. It's something that I can connect to on a different level. And to be able to go to Brazil, to be able to learn Portuguese, to be able to immerse myself in the, the, the Brazilian culture is, was something that was so special and I'll never, ever, ever forget. Um, and I'm excited to go back whenever it may be to be able to train in Shoot the Box, to be able to train in Belo Horizonte with the likes of Felipe Pena and just do the Brazilian way the right way and, and do it with the Brazilians and mix it up and have the food, the energy, the family vibes. It's, I absolutely for sure can say that I would retire in Brazil for a heart, in a heartbeat, in a blink of an eye and never, ever, ever look back on it. And I cannot wait to go back. I'm delighted I got to bring my little boy to see his Brazilian side of the family. And yeah, I look forward to when we get to go back. Did you have any acai, most importantly? Oh, of course I did, uh, yes. Tremendous, um, isn't it? Actually, the first acai I got in Brazil was in Sao Paulo with Diego Lima. And he brought me to show me around. His energy is very special. As a person, that man is a special person. The way he looks after his fighters, the way he takes care of them. It's not a, it's not a gym, it's a family. Um, so I just want to shout that out because the the love and the open arms that I was I was met with about shoot the box was very 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 special. Um, but the first acai I had was with uh, Diego Lima. I got uh, guaraná and banana acai. Ah, uh, it's yeah. tremendous. A little granola on top. Did you have any granola? No, no, no. I actually got a smoothie. Elvis oh. recommended a smoothie. Interesting. So I tried it. I was like, oh, I'll go with that. Oh, sensation. Oh, uh, the best. It, it, nothing like it here in America. It, to it tastes completely nothing. different, right? Nothing. And you know what? In Florida, there's a couple that are close because they're all Brazilian run. Yeah. Um, but no, absolutely. Just the food in general. Where I was, um, Minas Gerais, is like the most famous for food in Brazil. Okay. Ariel, I promise you. It is the best food I've ever had in my life. I ate four times more than I was eating in America, and I was lighter. My health, everything is better because the food in Brazil is just special. Oh, it's different. If you ever get a chance to go to Belo Horizonte, if I'm ever in Brazil and you ever want to come link up, I will show you the best restaurants you'll ever, you'll ever be at. Uh, were you sincere in, in flying over to fight Wonder Boy on 24 hours notice? <laughs> oh my goodness, Ellie, you should have seen me. So I was getting a tattoo. I had like a stencil of a tattoo drawn. I was 100%, 100% serious. Because what's exciting for me, for me, I've always, look, I'm, I've always said this. I'm a UFC fan first. The fact that I'm a UFC fighter, top 10 in the world, that's, that, that's my life. But I'm a fan at first. I was a fan of the sport before I was a fighter of the sport. So when I think of like people jumping in on short notice, 
when I think of short notice fights, I think they're so badass. I think the person that steps in on short notice and saves a card or saves a fight, it's so badass. So for me to be in Brazil, for me to get on the phone to my management, to be with my team because we're all in the same building getting um, getting tattoos, when we were all there and I'm like, legit, I will genuinely get on a plane tonight. I will weigh whatever Wonder Boy wants to weigh tomorrow morning. I will weigh less or the same as him and I will fight him. One, out of respect for Wonderboy, because I believe he deserves it. He's always been massive with, with, with wrestler and grappler and wrestler and grappler. It's like, let the man stand and bang. Let the man showcase his skill set on the feet. Like, from a fan point of view, I want to see him do what he did against Kevin Holland. I don't want to see him get wrestled. I don't want to see that. There's no interest for me. Mm. So why wouldn't I do that? Also, the respect and the the joy I would have from the fans and the, the, the audience and the UFC staff and everyone for stepping in on less than 24 hours and, and fighting Wonderboy on such a big card. 100%, I promise you, from the bottom of my heart, I, would, I was sincere. I would have got on a plane that night and I would have fought the next day 100% because I don't think the storylines like that in the UFC. There's not with people willing to do that. I am. I'm excited by matchups like that. To the point at which when Jeff pulled out and people were like, to me, oh, I see all the people in the comments, Wonderboy, Wonderboy, Wonderboy. I'm like, that's not as cool the other way around. It's not as cool if Wonderboy wants to fight me. I'm way more excited to go fight him. But yes, 100%, I was sincere about that. By the way, that tattoo is is pretty gnarly in the back of your uh, head there on on your neck. Yes, sir. Isn't that close to a fight to get a tattoo? I've gotten fights every time before my fight. Every single fight, oh. I always get tattoos before my fight because I can. I love it. I'm also, I respect, look, I am a new evolution of fighters. I'm the new era of fighters in this sport. Um, respect of respecting the rests and recovery of your body is something that I don't see a lot of elite MMA fighters do. They all talk about the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind. That's how you wear your body out and burn you, you burn the, the cogs. You need to respect rest and recovery, and you need to give it the time it deserves because you don't, you don't get a horse ready to race by going, all right, I'm going to run you every single day. I'm going to run you into the ground. You're going to race and go all out. No, you slowly prepare that horse to go. You slowly prepare that, that build-up, that, that fight. So that when you get to fight week, you're peaking. And that's exactly what I do. So no, I took a couple of days off. I took four or five days off after I got the tattoo. I flew from Sao Paulo back to Belo Horizonte, I from Belo to Miami. And then I jumped straight into training in Miami, in uh, Florida. And, then, and did you bust uh, Chris Curtis's ribs? What happened there? Oh, mate. Oh. What's going on? That guy, that guy is so, so nice. <laughs> and I love him. This is, this is what I mean. Look. I pulled in a picture-perfect sparring partner to get me ready for Jeff Neal. Mm-hmm. Chris Curtis is the same height. He's a half-inch longer reach, and he has power in his hands. He's the 14-ranked middleweight in the world. And we were sparring, and I caught one kick. I caught another kick. I caught two kicks, something I was drilling and worked on. I flew my striking coach from England to Brazil to work for a week straight. We did like 10 sessions working fight-specific stuff to absolutely maul Jeff Neal. And I utilized those stuff on, on Chris. And Chris was so game, and he was coming at me with absolute heat. 
And I just landed one kick that was perfect. And I was so upset because I don't want to see that guy like hurt. I don't want to see my training partners injured because they're trying to help me. Um, so yeah, I've been talking to him. He said it is, it, it is pretty bad. And I'm, I'm obviously upset about that, but injuries happen in every gym. It's a part, as you say, it's a part of fighting. And I, I don't ever wish for someone to be injured. I don't ever want any of my training partners to be injured, but we do meet up and fight in the gym. We yeah. do meet up and punch and kick each other, knee each other and help each other in the face. It's bound to happen. And yeah, I'm just, I just hope the guy doesn't lose out in any fights because of it. Official prediction for Saturday. Stop it. Second round. I haven't decided how. Um, I haven't decided how, but I can tell you how the fight's going to go. Maggie took the fight in short notice, so he's going to have to go in and lean on wrestling and lean on clinch and getting me up against the cage. Something that he's done to everyone. Look at his last fight against Phil Rowe. He did exactly that. Um, I believe he's going to have to lean in on that clinch work. Because there's no way, there's no possible physical way that he can deal with the speed and the technique and the skill set that I have on the feet. It's going to be my job to stop him getting success and having that clinch work come to fruition. So it's going to be a very patient, a very patient clinical performance for me. And eventually he's going to, he's going to be desperate. Eventually he's going to find weaknesses in his game that he has to lean in and reach. He's going to have to start to be sloppy because he's not going to have success. And I believe that will be the second round. I believe in the first round, I piece him up, piece him up, piece him up, have him getting desperate. Second round, his coach come out where you've got to change this up. And then I crack him with a flurry of shots. He either goes down or he shoots and I choke him. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for the call out. Can't wait for your week. I feel like you'll be making a lot of noise uh, this week in Boston. I will be. I look forward I to that. We, we're doing it differently. We're doing it differently. We're being disruptive. We're bringing a team. I told you this, the social media aspect, we spoke about it in the last, in the last fight afterwards, how it, it took an absolute leap. And again, it's taken another leap. And I want people like yourself. I want fans. I want people who understand the sport to see what goes on behind the scenes, be excited about it, give insight about my life and, and really get people understanding that this is such a cool adventure I'm on to go from a, uh, a kid who, started, who who joined the sport, being a fan of one of the best to ever do it, to now being in the sport, being ranked in the top 15, earning my top 10 spot, fighting the best of the best of the best, the insight, the knowledge, the joy, everything. I'm excited for it. And I think it's exciting to give the fans that insight, that outlook, and, and the possibilities of what is going to happen is insane. And I've just noticed you've got a slitter in front of you. A what? A slitter. A slitter? What does that mean? Right in front of you, and right in front of you beside that yellow bus. That's called a slitter. You know oh, what that is? Yes, yes, yes. I actually got this when I was at the Katie Taylor fight in Dublin. A fan. I don't even I this is called a slitter? Oh, a yeah. slitter. That, yes. that is used in the game of hurling. Have you ever seen hurling? I've seen some clips, but a fan came up to me when I was at the uh, Black Forge Inn with Eddie Hearn and no uh, gifted me this, and I thought it was such a nice gift that I put it on my uh my little desk here. So that that is one of my favorite items ever. That is a slitter. We use it in hurling. That is the fastest game on grass there. And that is something that I played my entire life growing up. There you and go. it brings back a lot of memories. I must get you a hurl when I meet you next and show you what it's like. Because that thing getting fired at you is not fun to catch. I can imagine. Uh, I, I would imagine uh, an Ian Gary puncher kick not fun to catch as well. 
I look forward to your week. <laughs> I look forward to what you do on Saturday, the call it as well. Great stuff, Ian. Keep it up. Thanks as always for the time. I appreciate you always. It's always a pleasure to be here and be on your platform. As I've said before, you are the best. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate it very much. There he is. Ian Machado Gary fighting on Saturday, UFC uh, 292 in Boston. Big fight for him, big opportunity for him. All right, let's go to our next guest. Uh, yes, he was, in fact, there with me when I got this uh, slitter. I didn't know it was called that. I'm a little bit embarrassed, but he had a very busy week and a very busy Saturday night at the O2. His guy, Anthony Joshua, uh, gets the big win, and now we hope and pray that he gets Deontay Wilder next. Always a pleasure to catch up with the chairman of Matchroom Boxing. He is the one and only Eddie Hearn. Here he is, just after a workout, Eddie. Do you know what? I did run today here. It was hard. Uh, nothing in the tank after last week. Yeah, Disappointing run, but we got it done. Okay, well done, as always. Uh, by the way, did you know that this was called a slitter, as Ian said? Absolutely not. <laughs> so you learn something new every day. There it is. What a character. Amazing. He's a great young fighter from Ireland as well. I'm going to ask you about one of your Irish fighters in a moment. But uh, could I ask you this, Eddie, off the top? I was talking to uh, my producer in the back before the show, and I said that every like the worst text that I can get other than health stuff, of course, family stuff, about my job, is when you wake when I wake up on a Monday or a Wednesday to a text like, hey, I can't come on the show. I have to cancel. What is the text like when you get, you know, Dillian White is out? What, where are you when you get that text? And what is the feeling inside when you find out that Dillian White can't fight? Sadly, you become numb to it, in all honesty. Like, I remember when Jarrell Miller failed his drug test and we sold out Madison Square Garden. I felt like I was going to pass out. You know, it was like I had to go into a room. I sat down. I was like trying to get my mind straight, thinking about what to do. But then you have Jarrell Miller. You have, you know, other episodes. You have the Conor White's, the, the Conor Ben saga for the last year. And then you get that news and it's just like, I think I just, I was about to go for dinner and I just looked up and I just said, you're not doing this to me again, are you? But then it's like, what are you going to do? It's just, that's why we are what we are. That's why we're so good at what we do. The first thought goes to Anthony Joshua. What does he want to do? He's done 12 weeks in Dallas with Derek James. Does he want to fight? Is he going to want to fight? And when he woke up in the morning, first thing he said was, find me someone to fight. And as soon as he said that, we were in game mode. We were ready to go out, make a deal. Obviously, from then, you've got 30 people hitting you up to try and get the fight. They want 5 million, 10 million. They want this, they want that. And you have to act quickly. You have to act with people that you know and won't let you down. People that are prepared to get on the plane. That was Robert Hellenius. And, you know, a lot changed. AJ showed me a lot about his mentality last week. Obviously, the money was very different. The fight was taken off pay-per-view. But he just showed me that he's a hungry fighter who has worked tirelessly in camp and wanted to get the opportunity to perform. So Hellenius it was. Big guy. Very respectable. And uh, after a little bit of a slow start, because I think that's the narrative for now around AJ, one of the knockouts of the year. So all in all, job done. By the way, where are you right now, Eddie? The uh, the echo is unbelievable. Are you like in a tin box? What's going on over there? No, I'm just in a room, but there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of furniture in here. Is it? So that's probably why. It's un- I, I just know that you love, you know, good sounding audio. You may not be happy with this. I just want to let you know. It's, it's Do you little- want me to dial back in? Well, it is a little echo. It sounds like you're in a tin room. Okay, let me get my pods. I'll call you straight back. All right, he's going to call us right back. I just, I just want to hear everything that he's saying in a in a nice and clear way. Uh, was that was that mean of me? No, I think that was the was it the right call. 
Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you should weigh in in my ear, like, "Hey, Ariel, do you want to tell him what do you what do you?" While think? he's trying to talk to you, all echoed no. out like that. Hey, Ariel, the audio isn't great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I mean, it, maybe he was in like some sort of. Uh, well, then, like a storage container, I was. It was concerned. exceptionally off. Right? I mean, even Ian's was a little bit echoey, but. Okay, now we're. I mean, you saw the room he was in. Who Ian? Yeah. Do you think that that's me being well, a stickler? It was like tall ceiling, no furniture. Come on. No, there was furniture right behind him. Your idea of furniture and my idea of furniture are not the same. Okay, fine. Uh, but you you think I because there's there's always like an internal dialogue that I have where I'm like, should I mention it? Should I not? We try to capture it. Capture it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done. What is that? You can't just stop talking. <laughs> oh, when I make a typo like that, I think I'm done. You, you just got to fight through it, man. We tried to catch that oh, yeah. before they go on. Yes. You didn't notice? Um, no. All right. You were listening to uh, Dean Gary, who's a great Exactly. Guy. Did you know that this was called the... Uh, I don't even remember it what... It says it right on the ball. Oh, yeah. It does say it. A schlant? What is it called? A schlant. A schlitter. Schlitter. You knew that? Yeah, of course. Get out of here. Big hurling guy. I don't even know what hurling is. Like baseball or something? It's like field hockey? Man, combination of both. Something Classic like Irish that. sport. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I know about GAA. You know about GAA? Yeah, of course. Gaelic football, I think. No, no F in there. Mm-hmm. Gaelic Athletic Association? Anyway, um, we'll reconnect with uh, Eddie. Has he called back or not yet? And what'd you do to our guest? He's gone. He's like, fuck this guy. I'm out of here. We're reaching out. You're efforting? Strongly. Mm. One second. By the way, what about Ian Gary's energy? Holy smokes. How about the no top on the water bottle? Mm. Bold. Bold move here. Yeah. Wide lid. Well, now it was like, I put it down over here. But Ian Gary, this guy, I mean, he's just so excited. Yeah. I wish I loved life that much. Me too. Everything, he's just so excited to share with you. Yeah. Even talking about busting Chris Curtis's ribs, he's excited to share that story. Yeah. I wonder who he's going to call out. How about him yeah, saying he's, he's carrying back. the card? Oh, okay. He is yeah. back. Um, Let's see. Let's see how it sounds. Oh, there he is. Same room. Same room. Hey, I've got the headphones on, but I'm in an echoey office, so I don't know. Uh, no, it's I fine. I can hear you okay, hopefully. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Uh, thank you, Eddie, for doing that. I appreciate it. Um, can I ask, was anyone else close to getting that fight? Like, Ruiz, was there anyone closer, or was it always Robert once the dust yeah, kind of settled? Yeah, it was really Ajit Kabiel was a guy who we'd all previously negotiated with, but we had to work fast, 24, 48 hours, and whoever was prepared to come out and obviously you know, sign the deal, get on the plane the next day. That was key. Uh, did you consider canceling the card? It was really on him. You know, he had to take a lot less money right. for that fight. So all of a sudden, you know, it was like, what do you want to do? Do you want to fight? And because of the Deontay Wilder fight in January, it was really important to him to fight because he didn't want to wait till November, December. Then that delays the Wilder fight. So, he, he's been feeling great in camp and he wanted to get out of it. Okay. Uh, when you're sitting there and your guy's out there and this is a big fight, you know, I had said, and who the hell am I, considering how Wilder beat Hellenius and how quick and dominant it was, it would be nice to see AJ do it in maybe sub four rounds. Once you start to hear the boos third and fourth, what are you feeling? 
do you know what? Not even third and fourth, second and third. Mm. Amazing, really. Like there's, there's a narrative that AJ is just not as aggressive as he was before. And people jump on that, especially when they've had about 10 points. Um, so I thought that came quickly. But, you know, when you've changed styles, you've been working on a guy for six weeks, all of a sudden you've got like this six foot eight, you know, different style with a long jab and a good jab. Like you're going to take time to break him down. You've got the, potentially the wilder fight at the end of it. You're just not going to take chances. And he broke him down. He took his time and he delivered one of the knockouts of the year. So all in all, we were happy. Were you getting nervous at all at any point? No? Did I lose you? Sorry. Oh. Do you hear me? You got me Aaron? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I hear you. Do you hear me? Yes? Yes. Okay. Were you getting nervous at all at any point? Yeah, for sure. Because obviously I knew he'd be getting frustrated. You know, all of a sudden the crowd were booing. And like it was just a situation where I didn't want him to get frustrated and make a mistake, stay calm. And I think that's what he did. If you look at his footwork in the fights, it's improving so much. And he's going to have to be the complete fighter to beat Deontay Wilder. And, and we like what we saw. How do you describe who Anthony Joshua is at this point? Because like even in the post-fight interview with, with Ade, it's like he's like, I don't really want to talk. I just want to go to the back. It, it, there, there, there feels like there's some sort of distance that he's trying to create between him and the public. And I can understand after his uh, Usyk fight last summer, around almost exactly a year ago, I, I remember doing an interview saying like, I feel like he is kind of mistreated by the British public, that they treat him a lot harder and are a lot tougher on him than say Tyson Fury. And they scrutinize every little thing that he does. And he just kind of broke in that moment in Saudi Arabia. And so now my impression is, Correct me if you feel otherwise. He's just like, I just don't want to deal with any of this. Like, I'll do the bare minimum. I'll talk to, you know, X amount of people. But, like, I'm done giving you guys things to latch on to and criticize me. Is that where he's at right now in his career? And if so, why? Honestly, you hit the nail on the head. He's tired of trying to say the right thing, get criticized. He just wants the fight. He's not interested in the media. He's not interested in talking up the fight. He wants to do his work, get in there, and win. And I think he's realized over the years he can't win outside of the ring. You know, if he if he doesn't say too much, he's boring. If he says something controversial, whack, AJ's lost his mind. You know, it's like, so I think that he was frustrated with the booing, I, I think, you know. Um, and I think when he delivered the knockout, that's why you got the celebration. Yeah. You know? He jumped out the ring to see his family, bumped into Conor McGregor, had some Irish style. That's a bit of a strange one, but, you know, hopefully not because it was interesting pictures. Uh, what was your experience like with Conor ringside as opposed to the one in May? He was calmer than Dublin. Oh, really? Yeah, just slightly. <laughs> he pulled up in a minivan with like 10 girls and his, I think his boxing coach was there. <laughs> he comes with his own security. Yeah. So they're all coming, you know, ringside, front row, and our security are checking people. And then it's like, there's a little bit of madness. But all in all, look, he's, he brings massive eyeballs to the event. So the broadcaster's happy. Um, when he arrived, he's like, come on, let's get in the ring. I'm like, what? <laughs> and Gerald Washington was about to ring walk. He was standing on the stage. And I was like, the next thing he's in there, he's, you know, shadow boxing, hitting the canvas. I'm like, <laughs> what? what character uh, is this like a series of one-offs with him because he speaks very highly no, of you so it was, a, it was a new deal for the, the AJ fight 
and the Cameron Taylor rematch. Okay. Coming up. Okay. So we'll see him again in Dublin, and hopefully you'll be there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I want to ask you some more about all that, but going back to AJ, had he won a decision, would the Wilder fight still be in play? Did he have to stop Hellenius to make that fight as big as it is? I think it would have still been in play, but maybe not with the same value. I mean, we all know you, you can talk about the fight how you wish, but you know that knockout clip will be played everywhere, you know, and and virally, probably two of the knockouts of the year from the last year would be Deontay Wilder on Hellenius and AJ on Hellenius. You're talking about the two biggest punchers in the division, the two fastest hands in the division. That fight is one of the greatest fights of our generation, and it's one you watch like this through your eyes, mm -hmm. you know. They both have tremendous power. They both have tremendous speed. The fight could go either way, but when you deliver a knockout like that, it just adds to, to the anticipation of the fight. And Saudi representatives are in London this week. They're going to be here in the office um, joining us to, to try and get that fight made. Uh, I heard that you were asked after the fight, could anything happen? I think it was from IFL. You did like 48 interviews with them over the past week. It's unbelievable. Like, what could they possibly have to ask you 12 hours later? I don't understand. But anyway, it's great content. Um, what could stop the fight from being made? And you said Saudi. And so then what I was thinking was, why does it have to depend on Saudi? Like, if Saudi, for whatever reason, falls through, why can't it happen yeah. at the O2? Good point. I mean, it doesn't. But the levels financially that we're looking at, you know, obviously, it's a, it's a premium in Saudi. And, and this fight can get made in Vegas. This fight can get made at Wembley. But, you know, the, the money that's in play makes the fight happen immediately. And, you know, another reason why this fight, I'm confident this fight happens, is because it's Saudi and skills challenge negotiating individually with each party mm. to get it done. So it's not me trying to make the fight with Deontay Wilder on the zone or whatever. It's Saudi making the independent individual offers to both parties so no ego no politics no history just you do your deal we'll do our deal we'll see you there and do you have a date already Mid middle of january um, they're looking at middle middle to end of january um and originally it was planned for december and you know deontay wilder's talking about fighting in october we hope that's not the case because we don't really want to wait you know we want to make sure we get this fight done if he has a routine win understandable but you know, we're coming up to September now. Right. So how, how real is that? I heard you say that as well yesterday, I believe. How real is his desire? I know you don't rep him and, and work with him, but like if he fights in October, would that mean this happens later or is he trying to do October and January? He would want to, he'd be up for doing October and January is, is what we've been told. But, you know, Ambitious, that's okay no? if you're in a, yeah, it starts to get, you know, you start bringing injuries and niggles and cuts and that kind of stuff. So, you know, for us, Saudi were never over the moon that we were fighting on August 12th. Mm. So now we've got that out of the way. Talks kind of stopped a couple of weeks ago because they just wanted us to get August 12th out of the way. So now that's out of the way, and we'll see them tomorrow and Wednesday and continue those and hopefully get it all wrapped up. Um, and, you know, Dillian White feels like he's like way in the rearview mirror, but what, what becomes of Dillian White at this point from your perspective? I think the problem is in the sport of boxing, there's no clear disciplinary procedure, especially when you're talking about VADA testing. I mean, we, through the instructions of Dillian White and Anthony Joshua, employed additional, an additional layer of testing through VADA for that fight. So 
There's an adverse finding on Dillian White's test. But what happens next? He's not licensed by the British Boxing Board of Control. He's licensed by the Portuguese Boxing Federation. Are they going to play this process out and, and investigate it? I, I, I sometimes feel wish that VADA did handle disciplinary procedures, but they're just a testing reporting company. They make that very clear on their statements as well. It's like no one wants to actually deal with the matter once there's an adverse finding. So, and also Gillian White can't really fight because I think the public, as we've seen with the Conor Ben situation, require you and want you to go through a specific procedure. But what is that procedure? Dillian White will want to try and clear his name and he'll have to find a way, a commission, a governing body to run that investigation and try to prove his innocence. But it's made me think a lot, you know, and, and I know you guys do, obviously, the, the USADA pool. Um, and I started to think about maybe introducing contractual testing above and beyond individual events. So if you're part, if you're a matron boxing fighter, you sign up to random testing, but we still have the same issue. If you, you know, say you're a matron boxing fighter and it's in your contract and you fail a random VADA, WB, uh, sorry, matron test, what happens next? We report that to the commission and they deal with it, but do they deal with it? Do they want to deal with it? I was like, you know, everyone talks about improving the quality of testing, but no one seems to be grabbing the disciplinary process by the horns. And there certainly isn't a clear process in terms of the punishment. Mm. Three years, six months, five years. I mean, no one really knows. You know, we do, we really want to make sure that that disciplinary process is improved. But at the same time, it needs to be clearer. So that all said, um, did you learn any lessons from the Conor Ben situation that you implemented in this one? And if so, what? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the two were very different. Substances were different. Levels were different. Everything's different. One was seven weeks out. One was one week out. You know, also, at the other hand, one was a co-promotion. And our co-promoter, who spoke to the, the, the opposing fighter, wanted to look into the, the medical side of this, was happy for the fight to proceed. We leaned on the commission for an answer. They never gave us an answer within six weeks. And we got in a mess. We made mistakes. And this was... One week out, it was a sole promotion. AJ's team looked at the results and said, no, we terminate the agreement, we get another opponent. So people keep looking at the similarities, and I guess there are some, but we hold our hands up. 100% we learned a lot from last time, but there still needs to be an established route in terms of the disciplinary procedure. Because the good news is, is someone that had a performance-enhancing substance in his body did not make his way into the ring. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's fantastic. But what happens now? You have to give the fighter the right to clear his name. And you have to play out a ban process or a punishment of some kind because it's the only way it's going to deter fighters. So that's still cloudy, but we need to keep improving the levels of testing. By the way, speaking of Conor Ben, uh, will he fight in 2023? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean... Um, you know, he's done everything that's been asked of him. He went through the WBC process. He's now been through the UK and the board process. They have an opportunity to appeal. They may appeal. It would be bizarre, but, you know, it's it's kind of like the way this has all progressed with egos and a lot of politics. But, you know, it's been a year and a half since he boxed and over a year since the test. And it's a frustrating process. And he's gone through all the processes that have been asked of him. 
And we hope that 100% he can get back in the ring in 2023. It's great theater. And uh, if you ask me, it was a 10-7 round for Eddie Hearn. But all the stuff, like the stuff that you do with Simon Jordan and TalkSport and all, does it get tiresome at any point? Like you're still, I, I, how, the amount of times that I've heard you two talk about Connor Ben, I'm, I'm a little bit tired. Like can we talk about something else? But it's been like over a year of talking about Connor Ben. It's like they keep going back. And we hold our hands up. You know, we never said we were perfect in this situation. But it's like, yeah, what about what you do? It's like, guys, we've, we've had this conversation. We've had this debate. You know, we, you, you tell us now that we acted, you know, you were much happier with the way that we acted in the Dillian White situation. Good. We learn from it and we move on. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting narratives that get spun over here, you know. Uh, we've been fighting it a long time. It's probably my fault because I'm quite outspoken. But, you know, it's a big show there. And, you know, there's a lot of people that watch that. So last week I was buzzing because I just... Now, I had a little bit of positivity from UK fight fans for the first time in a long time. Don't worry, it'll all go out the window this week, but it was enjoyable while it lasted. The disc jockey line was a good one. I like that one. That was a solid one. That was yeah, a good zinger. Is. I mean, this, I'm not quite this, but I, I liked it. I mean, I don't like when they, he gets personal with all that stuff, but uh, it's great theater. You got Gareth sitting over there. He doesn't know how to chime in, when to chime in. It's it's wonderful to watch all of it. Uh, b- by the way, back to Conor McGregor. Were you surprised he called out KSI, of all people, in your ring yeah. after the fight? I mean, it was great. You know, it was just wild. Like, you got KSI sitting there, Conor, you know. Um, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, you know, you know, he keeps saying he's fighting in December. Is that even possible? I don't know. But yes, I don't know either. But I wasn't expecting a KSI bare knuckle call out on the broadcast seconds after. No, he gave you. He Good gave fun. the. He gave Good the broadcast fun. more stuff than AJ did. He he gave I like know. more to. <laughs> That's why we knew we knew AJ weren't really up for an interview, so we drafted in Connor. Uh, I mean, not a bad uh, you know replacement. Um, by the way, your your level of interest, KSI, Tommy Fury. That's a great card. I mean, if Dillian Dennis turns up, I mean, it's, it's going to be a huge event. Um, and I, I take my hat off to KSI. I mean, he's getting better. And Tommy Fury, who's kind of squeaked, squeaked past Jake Paul, should be better this time around. You know, um, on paper, Tommy Fury should win the fight. But KSI, fair play to him. You know, he's, he's full of confidence. He's been working hard. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in for sure. It'll be a big big event here in the UK. I have said that KSI Jake Paul is the biggest fight that could be made in the UK. Could sell out Wembley Stadium. Is that a crazy statement? It's correct. Why? It's correct. Oh, uh, it is because, correct. Oh, I thought you said that's yeah. it's correct. That's a crazy statement. No, you agree. No, no, it's correct. It would. Oh, okay. you're right. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna sell out, especially Logan. I mean, this Logan Paul is unbelievable. Did you see him in the WWE? He's crazy. He's crazy. I mean, listen, I haven't watched WWE since, I mean, I'm showing my age. Ultimate Warrior, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, the Bushwhackers, yes. Jake the Snake, Hulk. I mean, that's my era. But I'm watching him going, I don't remember an athlete like that when I used to watch WWE. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, whatever you think, I, I like Logan a lot more than I like Jake. But whatever you think about the Paul brothers, they are smart and they're talented, you know, and especially Logan. And if he fights on that card against Dylan Dennis with KSI against Tommy Fury, that's a huge, huge show. 
I know you had a busy week, but do you see their back and forth on Logan's show, and do you think they're setting up a fight between them? Between? Jake and Logan. Uh, did you see the clip? It was crazy. It was very... I seen the clip, but nothing would surprise me, Ariel. Yeah. Nothing. What do you think about brothers fighting? Eh, it's not great, but like if you watch the clip, you're like, this seems inevitable. Logan's saying... I'm sick of people picking you because you're the easier fight. Then they talked about the Floyd fight, and Jake said that he actually thought he lost. Logan felt very offended that he was saying this for the first time. They were talking about the drinks on the broadcast, the zone, people getting, like, their managers getting involved. Like, it was, it was, it was a lot of behind-the-scenes drama. I couldn't believe they were saying all this stuff. I don't know. I mean, look, it would be massive. And these guys are, are mad on numbers. They're almost narcissistical when it comes to the desire for numbers. So that's the kind of thing that they would do and kind of shake hands before. And, you know, if they can, have, if they can shake hands after and make themselves 10 or 15, 20 million in the process each, I guess these guys are the type of people to do it. Uh, would you like to apologize to Nate Diaz? You weren't very high on his chances. Oh, I mean, Ariel, it was awful. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. The event was unbelievable. You've done a great job. Like, brilliant. But when you're talking about, I mean, look, you know mixed martial arts like the back of your hand. I know boxing like the back of your hand. I'm watching that thinking, this is so bad. And the reason that Nate didn't get stopped is because Jake was, he, he didn't have the ability, like, he just doesn't know how to break a fighter down, cut off the ring, beat him up and stop him. But I give my props to Nate, super tough, super tough. But you're talking about low, low level in terms of standard, like not even, we have something in the UK called an area title, which is like a specific radius of, it's kind of like a state, state title, call it that. These guys wouldn't win a state title. Like that's that's the level they're fighting at. But, but listen, props to, to Nate. He definitely didn't have ability, but what he had was putting in grit but Jake just didn't, he hasn't got the ability or the experience to break someone down and stop. And I was convinced he would. Is he getting better though? Not really. Is I he mean, regressing? He's so difficult to say because of the level of opposition. Mm. But I thought he did okay against Tommy Fury, but then when he's fighting Nate, like Nate's, I know he's super tough and you love him, but he's so limited as a boxer. I can't even tell you, like, and yeah, I don't know. I still respect Jake. Like he's he's putting the time in. He's sparring. He's doing rounds. And you know, the event was unbelievable. The numbers were great. Like so, and it it's still although it was a boxer against an MMA guy, it was still a fight. It didn't feel like a YouTube mm -hmm. event. Yeah, uh, we had real boxing on the undercard, Amanda Serrano, you know, this stuff. So I like the events, and I think he's doing a great job in that respect. Uh, just a couple more, and I'll let you go. Um, where do things stand with you and MVP? And there's a reason why I'm asking you this, but if you could first tell us that. You know, I know the, the, the lawsuit and all that. Is that all cleared up, or is it still pending? It's ongoing, to be honest with you. Um, okay. It definitely hasn't been settled yet, so that, that continues. But, you know, hopefully we can find a resolution. You know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of remorse about what was said, and we take our business and our ethics and our, you know, long-standing heritage in the sport very, very seriously. So, no resolution yet. 
The reason I asked you that question is, other than any Katie Taylor fight, the fight as far as women's boxing is concerned that interests me the most right now, like a dream fight, if you will, is Amanda Serrano versus Alicia Baumgartner. She was there. She made her feelings know, uh, I'm talking about Alicia, at the fight uh, in Dallas. Would this issue prevent that fight from being made? And how uh, Amanda was a little bit hesitant like to really speak on the fight, but that to me is an all-time great fight. So I'm just curious if anything could prevent that and how high you are on that fight. We, we had the issue while we negotiated the rematch. Mm-hmm. We got the rematch made. Amanda couldn't take the fight because of injury. I agree with you. I think uh, Amanda Serrano against Alicia Baumgartner is an incredible fight. Undisputed featherweight champ against undisputed super featherweight champ. Um, obviously, in terms of the big fights, you've got Cameron Taylor, November 25th. And Alicia wants Serrano. She wants the winner of that fight. She wants the loser of that fight. She's ready for all the big fights. But Amanda's been a great servant to the sport. And I think she's really only going to want the biggest paydays out. I think Amanda wants... Katie Taylor, win or lose November 25th, you know. Um, but certainly that's going to be a huge night. And, and Alicia wants to enter that mix of mega fights. A lot of people were saying that Francis Ngannou screwed up. Are you surprised he ended up with Tyson Fury in Saudi Arabia? Uh, why do I feel he screwed up? Well, I mean, even with you, I, I think you were saying that like maybe he was asking for too much or he was shooting for too big of a, a name he was playing his cards a little bit, you know, the wrong way. I think a lot of people weren't expecting. Come April, May, and he signed with PFL. People are like, hmm, maybe you're going to get a low. Maybe you'll get a Derek Chisora type, with all due respect, not Tyson Fury. He ended up with Tyson, the the the, the lineal heavyweight champ, on a massive stage with a lot of money attached. I mean, he kind he kind of proved a lot of people wrong. Would you not say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when I spoke to him, I actually thought maybe he should take a couple of easier fights and like build his credibility to that mega fight. But he made it quite clear he just wanted to go straight into the big fight. And I think the reason for that, in all honesty, and I said this to Nate Diaz, his manager as well, you know, I said that he should do the same thing. But the problem is they're not very good. And if you do that, you get exposed as having no chance, right? So the mystery of, wow, can he? And he punch hard. Well, and when you actually see the fight, you're going to realize very quickly, as we did with Floyd and, and Connor, they can't win. I mean, that was a lot more competitive than this is going to be. And yes, one punch, knockout power and stuff like that. But it's boxing versus MMA. It's absolutely irrelevant, right? And he's done 100% the right thing. He's got the, the max as quickly as possible without anybody having to see it. Right, because he could go in in a small fight for less money, and you could go. You actually can't put this guy in the ring with Tyson Black. He's, mm-hmm. he's actually a huge mismatch. So the mystery of is it a mismatch? You know, does he punch as hard as everyone says? Oh, he was once a boxer. Oh, makes you tune in. So I think he's played. I think he's played a blinder. Good luck to him. You know, what a lovely guy. Going to make a lot of money. Um, good luck to him. Uh, Haney Progre, is that going to happen? I think so. You know, actually, he messaged me just before um, I came on here. Everyone's getting a little bit restless. Regis has signed, but we are also currently looking at dates and venues, um, trying to marry that up with a very busy schedule globally for, for big events. I mean, that's one of them. You know, October 28th was one of our preferred dates. It's also Fury against Ghana. I'm sure that'll be a pay-per-view on ESPN. 
Um, but I'm, I'm very confident you see Devin Haney against Regis Progre next, tying it up and hope to have it done this week. Uh, why isn't Lee Wood fighting at the city ground? Because unfortunately it was October and it's right in the middle of the football season. And the groundsman said, you are not coming on destroying my pitch after a couple of games into the season. So um, we have obviously Nottingham and Leeds. Sheffield is right in the middle. Holds like 11,000. There's like 700 tickets left. It's going to be, we're splitting the venue down the middle. Leeds on one side, Nottingham on the other side. It's going to be absolutely wild in there. And I promise Lee Wood, the only way I can keep him if he wins this fight is by delivering in the city ground next. He's desperate for it. And the timing work would work well because it's kind of like one or two weeks where you get the chance to do it. And that's like May. So if he wins, he'll get City Ground. And if Josh Warrington wins, he'll probably get Ellen Road as well. But October was the sticking point. Okay. And uh, I want to give a shout out to head of content for Matchroom, Alex. Great guy. He posted this this promo for that fight. It was Oh my God. That, this, that, that was beautiful stuff. Really amazing. Um, anyone yeah, should go I check it out. Great work, yeah, he's he's amazing. And the whole team is amazing. Um, okay, finally, last one. You mentioned it, November 25th. Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron, too. Did you try to convince Katie to do this fight at 135? No, I mean, it's kind of like, it's very similar to the Canelo and Bivol situation. Katie said, I like the same terms as last time because I'm not bringing her down in weight. And everyone's saying, oh, well, you couldn't beat her at 140. She's, she's like, she's so stubborn. It's like, I need to beat her on exactly the same terms as last time. Chantel Cameron done an unbelievable job. And I think 140 suits Chantel better than 135 in all sure. honesty. So, you know, but she wanted a chance to become a double undisputed champion. So she was up for 135. But Katie just said, no, same as last time. But this time, Chantel's the A-side. You know, it's Cameron against Taylor. She's arguably pound for pound number one now. It's a huge rematch. She's very confident. I think Katie's a big underdog in the fight, but very stubborn and desperate for revenge. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried, just a little anxious. I was, I was hoping 135. That's what I was pulling for, just to get it yeah. back in her favor. That's all. You know, I don't, to, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. Cameron's incredible. Much love and respect to her. Fantastic. You know, sometimes I, you know, I spoke to her the other day. She, she just kind of always feels that I'm obviously Katie's my number one, which, you know, we've got a great relationship with her. But honestly, I've said to her, you've done amazing. She's beat everybody. She may be unbeatable, Chantel Cameron. You know, I'm talking about Serrano, Baumgartner, Ryan. But oh, I'm not sure she can get beat. But, you know, she's back into Dublin. Uh, big favorite going into the fight, and we can't wait. Pleasure as always, Eddie. Congrats on a, a big week. You you guys saved the show. Very reminiscent of MMA. We see this a lot in MMA. Last minute, this guy flies in and the show gets saved and all the fighters get saved. Someone said to me, what about having the opponent, the new opponent, as a mystery opponent oh, on the night? The music plays. That would be great. That would be right out of I Misfits. Know. You know, I'm just thinking, no, maybe, maybe. This Brandon Scott fellow, uh, when he had that little, uh, <laughs> and then you wrote, you said something. Bad is no on the planet is his new nickname. <laughs> that is a great, he did that whole thing. And then you were, and you said something like, all right, Brandon, thank you for that. And just moved on. It was, <laughs> it was great comedic But time. he got a lot of stick, Ariel. Like he got a lot of stick. And he, he didn't take it very well. He's like, oh. I said, listen, if you're going to turn up in a press conference dressed as Spider-Man, expect criticism. Right. You know? 
But I promise you, everyone that saw you at a press conference will remember your name. For sure. No, Brandon he... Scott Hall's right, man. They'll remember your name. He he was getting hate for that? I thought it was funny. Why not? Yeah, not. Oh. Twitter. Yeah. X, actually. It's X now. Yes, X. Right. Uh, appreciate the time, as always. And uh, good luck this weekend. You have another big show this weekend. and then uh, Thank you. I'll get some more furniture in the office next time. Yeah, if you could just populate, just for the acoustics, it would be nice. Uh, thank you, Eddie, as always. Appreciate it. There he is, Eddie Hearn of uh, Matchroom Sport. Uh, we checked off uh, a lot on that list. Uh, a lot going on in his world, as always. Always great to... Uh, Catch up with him and uh, some big fights coming up. Uh, Haney Progray would be huge, uh, him teaming up with uh, Haney again. And yeah, the uh, the Taylor Cameron fight, Thanksgiving weekend, back at the Three Arena. A little bit nervous. Who is the favorite in that fight? Is that out yet? Uh, let's see here, my favorite website. I wonder if Katie's... I mean, she's been the underdog before, no doubt about... Oh, that was the favorite. Big time? Not really, like minus 160. Oh. Actually, I'm a little bit surprised. I thought she'd be a bigger favorite. Yeah. The success that she had last time out. Devin Haney, minus 450 against Regis Progray. Oh, they also, uh, yeah, they announced the uh, Bam Rodriguez, Sonny Edwards fight. I, I, I retweeted that. The funniest thing was I retweeted that. I was like, oh, what a fight. They announced that over the weekend. And so it was like, get off. For, it's, the, the best is when it comes to boxing. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the DAZN payroll, the Showtime payroll, uh, I'm on the Matchroom payroll, the MVP payroll. I've even gone to the Misfits payroll now, which is, would be an incredible feat to be on both payrolls at the same time. And like I said, who did I say to last week? Uh, who did I say to someone? When you're accused of being on everyone's payroll on everyone's side, who did I say? I said it to someone. That means you're actually unbiased. I don't even remember. I can't even tell you right now off the top of my head who was on the show last week. Does anyone What's that? Like Wednesday show. I have no recollection of Wednesday show. I can't name one guest from Wednesday. That's how my mind has just turned into mush. Can you guys name one guest from Wednesday? Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley. There it is. Chris Cyborg. Oh, that's right. Beltor 300. Beltor 300. Yes, of course. Fedor. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's the four. Oh, yeah, Fedor. That was a big one. Mike Tyson fight. I need to work on that. I actually made some inroads. I I, I reached out a little bit of... uh, reaching out here and there. All right, well, that's exciting. Um, a lot going on in the world of boxing, a lot going on in the world of MMA. Like we said, uh, PFL this weekend, uh, KSW this weekend as well. They've got some fights. Actually, I noticed a new thing on Tapology, by the way. Mm, oh, they don't have it right now. On Saturday, I went on Tapology and they had all the fights going on with the link to watch the fight. Did you guys see that? Anyone see that? I liked it. It was a new little, uh, a new little wrinkle. Um, no. Major. Oh, Contender Series tomorrow. George Hadwick fighting. He's one of the bigger names. Uh, fighting in the main event. Number one lightweight, according to uh, Tapology in the UK and Ireland. Cage Warriors champion getting an opportunity. kind of feel like the Cage Warriors champion should get a shot right into the UFC now being the likes of uh, Kyle Driscoll and Chris Bungard. Uh, so that's tomorrow. One thing when you go major org and then you click on the actual event and then you go back, it doesn't ever take you back to major org. That's one thing I don't like. Uh, one on Saturday, sorry, on Friday. And then PFL on Friday, 
LFA, KSW, two title fights, and then uh, 292. By the way, I, did you guys notice when I said uh, International Fight Week to Ian Gary and I said 290 and then he corrected me 291? Anyone catch that? I did. I was right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah 290 was International Fight Week. Yeah, but did he do it in Salt Lake City or International Fight Week? I'm pretty sure he wasn't turning up in Salt Lake City. He was in freaking, you remember he was in uh, Brazil, you know, offering to fly in to fight Wonder Boy. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. 290, yeah. Yeah. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Please support them because they support us. What do we got, guys? What do we got? How was your weekend? Mine was great, man. How was yours? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, What do we do? Watched a lot of soccer. A lot of soccer. Uh, went to the pool. Wow. Yes. Neighborhood pool? Neighborhood Local pool. Local pool? Yeah, twice. Neighborhood pool, nice. Um, that was fun. Went in the pool. You know, I I, I, uh, I kind of live by many credos, but one of them is only one swim a summer. Just one. All right. <laughs> why, why is this a rule? I'm now at two. Why? Whoa, Why is that? Why? Why would that be a rule? There's only one reason and one reason only. My That's sweet, sweet daughter. She just uh, she she insists, and yesterday she just would not. No, no, no. no. Stop. That's the reason you did it. Yeah. Right. Asking yeah. why is one the the, the Oh. Well, his daughter told him only once a year. I don't know. I honestly, I just don't like the way it feels. I I don't right. I don't. First of all, I'm a germaphobe. So when I walk into a neighborhood pool, like if I had a pool in my backyard, maybe it'd be a little bit different. But I see sure. this bath. Filled with a hundred people, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who's 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 wiping their bum and who's not. I don't know sure. who's washing their hands and who's not. I don't know who's Get farting it. on it. And there's like snot coming out of their nose and they're spitting in the pool. I want nothing to do with any of this. No, sign me up. Um, but my question is, why not zero then? Why uh, for the kids? Honestly, okay. There was once a time where it was zero. Wow. But they always ask. I say you know I'll what? do it once. The kids? It's a good answer, and I respect it. You're, so you're, were you, you're sacrificing once. So now like you even went two, three, four weeks ago. She was like, "Please, please, please." I was like, "All right, this is the one time." Yesterday, please, please, please. I was like, "All right, we're going twice." Do you play the games, or you just float there with? No, nah, I'm not. Think I mean, listen, about all the stuff. if I'm go, if I'm going strong, I'm going strong. I'm, I'm right. cannonballing. Yeah, 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 I'm doing yeah, backflips. Yeah, yeah. We're playing nice. tag. Wow. Nice. You know? Has the future threshold been Marco raised to Polo. two now, or is no. that just a one time this year only? There might be a vacation in our future, and, and for that, I might have to up it to five or six. So what is this? Is that a rule? I've never. I've never. Rules are meant to be broken. I can't remember the last time I went into a pool 
more than once. Were you cringing when we were all in the pool at the W? Well, we the the, the W pool was a weird thing because like it it like, I don't know what the actual temperature of the water was, but it felt like it was like ninety five, right? It was pretty warm. It was pretty warm. Which almost makes me feel like it's worse if it's warm. No, but I think it was getting overrated how hot it was. It was still colder than it was. By the way, that was a great night. That was one great of my night. favorite nights of our trip. Yeah, great night. Which feels like it happened like two months ago at this point. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, it's just it's just not my thing. I don't know. I've never, ever, ever liked pools. I was I never a really pools. great swimmer, if I'm being ocean honest. Ocean over, over pools? No. Or, oh, n- no. Fucking ocean. Wow. Lakes. Wow. All right. <laughs> wow. Rivers. Um, no, I saw the Meg too, a little bit uh, timid on the ocean. Oh, yeah. How was it? It was good. Yeah. Actually, no, let me take that back. It wasn't good. It was entertaining, though. Uh, better than Jaws? Yes. Easy. Are you serious? Not even close. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Meg series clears Jaws, no question about it. it the Meg is standing on the shoulder of Jaws. Isn't Jaws Frank, like one of the greatest? Seen it. I don't need First to. of all, so, yeah, exactly. That's that's what someone would say. Yeah, yeah. Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. Go watch Jaws from nineteen seventy whatever, blurry whatever it is. Then go watch the Megan and, and tell me which one is better. Jason Statham. I mean, the CGI is unbelievable. So, like honestly, if you put them side by side, if the Meg had come out in the seventies, people would have been like, "This is the greatest movie of all time." I don't know if I've uh, if Jaws came out now. People would be like, "What is this?" I don't know if I've seen a a full Jaws movie. No need to. You can just watch the Meg. The first one's really good. Is it a comedy Meg? I mean, it's there's, there's definitely tongue in comedic yeah, aspects. Yeah. Too. It's sort of yeah. like Scream, right? Mm, no, no. I would say Scream is a serious movie <laughs> with like dark Scream humor. Scream is a. Like, uh, they do give some shout outs to, to Jaws. And Scream is not a serious movie. It's like a satire. You're thinking of scary movie. No, no. no. Scream is a pretty, like, there is some satire. Horror movie. No, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of murders in, in Scream. In the first scene alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's about a murderer. No, I know, but there's definitely it, humorous elements, no doubt. That's why I feel like. But it's not. Nah, there's different, different categories for sure. We're going to need a bigger boot. Um, is this more like. Scream, if you know what I did last summer while drinking Juice in the Hood. Remember that one? <laughs> it's not quite that of much of a parody. Do you remember that? God, those parodies back in those the day. Those are crazy, where yeah. they just mashed all the the, the names together. Yeah. Those were the Wayne's Sharknado. Bros. No, Sharknado. Well, that, that's the Wayne's, brother, the Wayne's Brothers movie. Uh, I think Keenan directed it, Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, was one specific like parody. Then there was like the... Scary movie. Yes, yes, yes. Another yeah. teen movie. I used, yeah, I used to think the scary movies oh. were the funniest movies on earth. Okay, you know what? Mia Culpa. I was talking about scary movie. That's what Frank said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I scary movies. I, I, I was talking about scary movie. That's my bad. That's my Frankie. bad. That's my no, bad. Frankie. Frank, sorry yeah. about that. Not, I, I, they're not that quite that unserious, but they're tongue-in-cheek. They, they know what they're doing. All right. I enjoyed the first Meg. I haven't seen the, the next one. I don't know if I would say it clears Jaws because I'm older, but um, I understand. I get it. How'd the uh, the Parlay Boys do? Plus Juliana Pena. Yeah, how we know, do, man. Rick? Rick's got some explaining to do. What yeah. happened? Two straight weeks, we lose the Parlay Pals because of them, and you know, and then we got uh, the Man of Serrano, Heather Hardy under eight and a half. Uh, it's been a rough stretch here for Rick. Yeah. 
We lost it before we even got into the UFC card. We lost it on Friday night. And then me, Juliana, and Frank just kick your feet up. Easy dubs. Mia culpa. I should have known better, honestly. A lot of Mia culpas this second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, you really know how to rub it in. It's uh, So Pena won. It's nice to feel supported. Of course, yeah, Pena, easy. McKinney breeding under one and a half. I mean, that was a, that was a no-brainer. Luke Dos Anjos over one and a half went to... Uh, decision and then Roundtree Dawkins under two and a half. That one in the first round. I mean, it was smooth sailing, easy stuff. I was like, man, we did great. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Already lost, lost before we even got going. Mm. It's nice. It's, so it's what's nice the deal? Friend, so uh, is, is it now you know, Frank? Is it me, Frank, and Juliana? Is that the deal? Are you are you stepping back in for Rick now? No, no. I, I told you, I retired. I retired. I would love that. No. The real no. question is, does Juliana even want to be a part of right. it after we handed her an L? Even though she did her job, she carried her. Yeah, weight. she did her part. I will say this: uh, I did get a somewhat stern text from Juliana. Oh, what did she say? to stop doubting her that it's really her watching yeah. that she's a fan of the show and she's tired of it. I am I've too. I believed it to the be whole time. All right, I didn't, but I'm I'm coming around. I never doubted her. Okay, so uh, I, uh, by the way, I would love to live in a world where. The Parley boys are now GC, Frank, and Juliana Pena. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, I we'd be giving out winners. We'd be giving out winners. We said we were going to get rid of the elimination if Ariel wasn't coming back. Oh. Yeah, but Ju- that was pre-Juliana. No, she changed in. everything. She changed yeah, everything. Oh, it's a whole new... I retired. Yeah, I guess, I guess we keep Rick on board one more week. If he costs us again, then... <laughs> no, I'm out. Let, uh, unless Juliana doesn't step in. If Juliana's not in, then I'll, then I'll be in. Of course, yeah, yeah. But let's let's hear from Queen Juliana first, and then, and then we'll see. we'll get a tweet. Um, uh, all right. Yeah, what about the rest of the weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, nice little weekend here. I, I do have to say, we're on a we're you're on a, a bit of a roll here. We're on a. Bit I like of a that you you shoved days. it in people's faces as well. Oh, I mean, they they let me know when I'm losing, so uh, we we got to give it back to them. Yeah, we, we yeah do that doesn't good feel good. We got <laughs> we uh, we do good on the singles. Only loss was uh, Boudet by Ducey. By decision, he gets the first round finish. Uh, but other than that, I mean, six and one had one parlay on the weekend, hit that as well. Um, and that gets us to uh, five of the last six weeks, uh, giving us profit. We are now in the single digits negative units, first time since March. Uh, so it's nice to to wow. try and continue this climb. Congrats. You know, remember we we got here and then we had the worst week of all time on the Kaikara France and Miral Bazi card. So knock on one, two ninety two doesn't shoot us right back down the ladder. Hopefully we continue the climb and we can we can get to profit uh before the year is out. Uh and gotta give a shout out to to a few big hitters before uh before we get out of here. Dun, 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 dun. By the way, since we spoke about Elon and Zuck, is there an update? Yeah, there actually is an update. He tweeted, knock, knock, challenge accepted, open the door. Thought you might want some tea, so I brought the bags. Uh, I think I think he's saying that he's going to go to Zuckerberg's house to try and get this thing done. Oh, jeez. Also, I never knew that Zuckerberg was at F-I-N-K-D. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I don't know. Fink? Fink? Finked. Bizarre. All right. Uh, all right. We start. Full card parlay. All 13 fights. All 13 correct. Mike Wright plus 87,692. Uh, 
got every single fight right on the car. He said he's been doing this for a while. He said it's a long time coming that he finally got it. Uh, and he said with his win, he is going to get new gear for his high school wrestling team that he coaches. Uh, he even has a YouTube channel for it. Uh, the name is The Right Things. Uh, so shout out to Mike Wright. Shout out to his high school wrestling team. And shout out to all of them for getting new gear for him hitting a 13-leg parlay. Uh, pretty incredible stuff. Next up. Travcon Salentin. Uh, however that's pronounced, Thomas Venson. I mean, just talk about a big night. Four parlays turns $3,800. He wagered $3,800. Turns it into 36000 on a clean sweep of the night. He had some Bellator in there. He had some UFC in there. Uh, but he got every fight that he called correct. Uh, and that's that's not a bad weekend. $36,000. 10xing your money. Uh, that's the way to do it. We continue. Four-ounce fight picks. He did something similar uh, to Mike Wright, but he did not go full straight 13 picks. He goes 12 picks, took a couple over-unders, took a couple spreads, uh, but still hit a plus 9,758, turns five Canadian dollars into 492. Uh, Just a couple more here. Just had to give a shout-out to our man Marky Nude, Marcus Allen. Plus 10,653, $19 to win 2,000. But the thing that I have to say here that I just am in awe of, 20 legs, 20-leg parlay. He's got a little bit of uh, Australian football. I see some Bellator, uh, the South Sydney uh, Rabitos or Rabbits, something in there, Brisbane Lions, uh, Newcastle Knights. Uh, we've got a Terrence McKinney money line. Uh, I mean, just the most all-over-the-place parlay, 20 legs. The most degenerate stuff there can be, plus ten thousand, and he cashes out. I thought you guys don't like the uh, the term degenerate. I mean, if you're putting in a twenty leg Australian football Bellator UFC parlay, you are in the you are in the honor of being called a degenerate. There, that's that's fantastic stuff from him. Uh, Mick picks plus twenty three hundred, clean, easy three legs. Damon Blackshear by submission, Josh Friend by points, and AJ Dobson. To fawn to go the distance, fifty dollars into twelve hundred, not bad. And unfortunately, don't do it often. Have to give a shout out to our man Mystic Mac. Bad beat of the week here. Uh, I believe these are two separate parlays, both with Hakeem Dawadu in them. He he staked three dollars, and if Hakeem Dawadu had gotten that decision over Cub Swanson. He would have returned $4,802.67. Instead, he returned zero. Very unfortunate. No, that one hurt. No, that one hurt. But uh, hopefully next time he uh, he gets the nod there. Unfortunate for our guy, Mystic Man. How are you feeling uh, heading into 292? Do you feel like you're on a streak here? Do you feel like confidence is high? Mojo? Confidence is better. Mojo is better for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel decent. You have any like, picks already? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, fight doesn't go to a decision in the main event. Playing Ooh. over three and a half in the co-main. Probably going to be on our boy Weidman just just for the hell of it. Big dog. Uh, big dog. I mean, that's one of the main reasons. Uh, maybe a little Marina Moreau's dog play. I mean, I'm just giving them all out right now. Yeah. Uh, probably parlay up Ian Gary, but yeah, I'll have a decent amount of action for, for 292. 
Looking forward to it. Watch party as well. Watch party as well. Some lobster rolls. Some Boston baked beans. And then the big one, of course, uh, this time next week, it's the uh, the GC and Rick show. Or the Rick, I wasn't sure which way to go there. Is it GC and Rick? Is it Rick and GC? I mean, we're still we, we're still uh, we're workshopping that. Yeah, so yeah. what are we doing? Like, are there any plans? I mean, this is one of the most anticipated shows. I can I we're suggest not giving anything away. Show yeah, up, turn uh, the lights on, and just. I feel like this should be a once a year thing. Special so edition. Once a, a year? You just get to take a show off once a year. I mean, I, like I, I feel like I'm allowed here and there, right? I like it. I'm in. I can't wait. I can't wait to tune it's, into it's that. It's like show. jumping in the pool once a year. Let's do it. Now, the thing that I've been debating is: do I do I pop in or do I just let do I let the inmates run the asylum? It's like, is it like full on Helwani-less show? I feel like a little guest appearance would be good. I don't know. I don't know if the people want that. Quite frankly, I don't know if you guys want that. You could call in. I just I, don't I know like if we'll actually call in. you. Yeah. No. Not that, Frank. Yeah, I, I like a little call in. Yeah. Tradition, you know? Okay, no, I just I didn't know. I didn't know what you guys were thinking. But again, look, GC's who knows? We're still working it out. He's you know? very quiet right now. He's not weighing in on me calling in or not, so I'm not Listen, sure. Man, if you call in, you know, you call in. If not, enjoy your vacation. Any any guest book? Uh, Rick is the guest booker. Oh wow, we're not we're not revealing this <laughs> oh, yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Come on, I kind of I I just want to say I wouldn't yeah. hate it if it's no guess. I'm just saying, just let it. Listen, man. <laughs> no. We'll worry about the show. You okay. worry about your vacation. Oh, okay? me, I, I'm stressing out about this show more than. <laughs> that could you just uh, could you adjust the slitter there for me? You're already. Oh uh, yeah. Studio what is he talking about? Go ahead and uh, you know. Also, are we are we so? both in studio? Is it one here, one there, both there? No, one here, one there. Get out of here. That what production? The production team's still working on that. I I don't hate that idea. No, one here, one there. No, we're gonna be in the studio. Oh wow! This is gonna be who gets how do we the, set up the chairs? Do we, who, yeah, do the desk. Oh wow! You, the, no, you, you can't do the watch party. This is not a watch party. This is, we got to go traditional look. Yeah, yeah. The desk will be in there. We'll, now, we'll now you're there. making calls. Now you're the, now, you know, you're I don't the like set this, designer. I'm the EP. I mean, I'm the EP. I mean, it's still your flight, man. <laughs> there's no, there's no EP credit for you. Wow. Speaking oh, of which, did we update credits? You think we'll get the credits changed? But listen. If if you know we get to that point where we're booking the guests and we reach out to you, you know we'd appreciate you coming on. But that's 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 what it is, you know. Just stand by, stand you by. know. See see if see if you get the invite on Sunday. Hmm. Honestly, we we have to see what happens Saturday night because that's gonna see. That was actually a trick question on my part. Never, especially for a post pay per view Monday, never book the guests this far out. Of course, that's what I'm saying. You, but that's why pay per views are actually the most stressful. Because those ones you have actually have to wait because there's so many you know different things that can happen, different players, blah blah. blah. That's all about the Sunday. This, you know I don't what I mean? Know if I should say this? Yes, Tommy. You say stressful. There's no stress over here for for this one. Yeah. Oh, really? No. Good. I'm happy. No, no, no. But that's because <laughs> Rick's the guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish I great. could live in a world where someone booked this show. That would be my dream. No, you don't. No, oh, 100%. No, you, you One million you do, percent. You do not. Oh, my Sunday. I haven't had a proper Sunday in years. Yeah, because what happens when they book the show and then you get the complaints about the lineup? <laughs> I'll say, go talk to that guy. Nah. We'll get you a proper you, you, Sunday or this, a rum this, raisin Sunday. This yeah. is one of those, yeah, I, I wish it was. And then if it happened in actuality, no, 100%. Pulling your I would out. be so happy. I would be over no the moon. Chance. In fact, uh, 
Yeah, I would love. We would, we would get the uh, you know. The only problem would be is like, hey, I booked so and so on the show. I'd be like, what? That's a shit guest. Yeah. Yes. That you'd would be, be the, the fan, and then I would, would be, be saying the, the same thing, oh, and then okay. you'd be, and then you'd be upset. No. How long would it last? Not even two. Not even two. It'd be done. It'd be done. <laughs> you know, it would. It really would get sure. into one, and then not even the second. All right. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I think that's it. I think we we, we covered everything, right, guys? Yeah, we did the Musk uh, update. I mean, we got second half Wolves and Man United coming up. Oh, we got a we got a <laughs> halftime score. Uh, I think nil nil. Wow. Uh, by the way, I've been playing basketball a lot with my boys. All of a sudden, yeah. they got into basketball. It's amazing. Didn't see this coming at all. But this is the best part. They say things like two nil. Mm. In the, basketball, they're saying like I'm. A, then then my brother's like, oh my brother, my my son is saying about his. It's like who's marking so and so? They're using soccer terminology when talking about basketball. They're like full on Europeans. It's wonderful. I love it. Shout out to the Canadian basketball team as well. Nice little showing over there in Germany. I mean, if if we're gonna shout out the basketball, I feel like the Knicks are the are the shout. RJ and Jalen like oh, killing. They're it. they're killing it this World Cup. It hasn't started yet. These are all uh, like the, ex- pre- the exhibitions, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're but yeah, RJ they're showing out. Put the team on his back, yeah, Brunson. I mean, Brunson, damn. come on, Brunson's like legit top ten player, huh? In the league right now, top ten. If huh? I'm if I if I'm able to pick from the entire roster of players out there, like the pool of players out there, he's top ten. Oh boy, yeah. Good thing you're not a GM. A thousand. Who'd you rather have on your team, him or Jalen Brown? I'd rather have him, but Jalen Brown is not top 10 either. I'm just saying. Certainly paid a lot. 10. I mean, uh, you know. He's top 10 right now. Leading that Knicks team to the second round. Leading the Mavericks to the conference finals the year before. I mean, I could name 10, like, real quick. Go. Wow. We're doing Giannis. (laughs) Luka. Tatum. Embiid. Jokic. Um, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, nah, Ron nah, nah, James. I'd rather I'd rather Jalen Brunson than Anthony Davis. I mean, as I said, good thing you're not a GM. I'd rather Jalen Brunson than LeBron. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who went further in the playoffs? This is all that matters. Uh, that's all that matters, right? Uh, the, the Lakers uh, went much further in the playoffs. AP top twenty-five in college football just dropped. You want Lakers went to the conference finals. By the way. <laughs> Number twenty-five, Iowa. Wow. Twenty-four, Tulane. <laughs> the Hawkeyes. Shout out. Um, all right, gents. Thank you very much. Much love. Uh, it has been a fun day on the program. Thank you very much to Frank and the team in the back. Uh, but it is time to go, and we'll be back on Wednesday. Yeah, there it is for another edition. Campbell, Jill Hudson's easy time. Might even be top five at this point. I'm being honest. So good. Almost as good as uh, Tewo Awonyi. It's a tough name. What a goal. What a goal, GC, huh? Wasn't that nuts? What do you know about Anthony Alanga? Huh? Yeah, it was going crazy. Oh, it was incredible. What a run. I mean, the ball was fantastic. Uh, shout out to Matt Turner, by the way. Uh, New Jersey's finest. Nice debut. Anyway, a uh, big week coming up. we got a lot more to discuss. We'll be back on Wednesday. 
uh, do believe uh, some, eh, I don't want to say the names yet because, well, what can happen between now and then, and then I feel like there's some pressure involved, and I don't want to deal with all of that. So uh, back on Wednesday, then, like we said, the Monday after 292 will feature the boys in the back. Always great uh, to have the UFC back for a big show in Boston. They always bring big shows to Boston. UFC 118 was fantastic. BJ Penn was on there. Of course, James Tony, who we just discussed, was on there. Uh, who else was on there? Uh, Gray Maynard, Kenny Florian, I believe, was on there as well. And then there's been some massive ones. Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, the Connor fight, first show on FS1. So <clears throat> should be a big one. Thanks to everyone who joined us today. Thank you to Eddie Hearn, Ian Machado-Gary, Terrence McKinney, Aljamain Sterling as well. Back on Wednesday, same time. Peace. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.